Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I want the world, you want the pussy, I want the pearl, I want the life, I want tonight, my fruits of labor, I want them right, that's right, private flight, money gets back to the highest height, better get your math and science right, but I want the drama, God and light, I, I want the hype, but I don't believe it, I want it all, but I know I don't need it, man, I just want what's due, and I want you. Pull over. That ass is too fat. What is up, you guys? It is Monday. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. We're doing it all again. We're doing this week thing all again. We got this on lock. I wanted to start with that song because it's just, it's a bop. It's another girl talk jam. Uh, Little Wayne, you got, I mean, if that doesn't get you excited for the week, I don't know what will. Uh, And also, just just a fair warning, if anybody tells you to, to get out of that car the ass is too fat don't do it don't do it that's how you get on love after lockup that is 
uh, it's just not good. Just don't ever pay attention to anybody that says your ass is too fat and pull over. You know, there's just a lot of crazy people on the road. <laughs> so, um, uh, you guys, I have so much to talk to you about. Our guest today, she's back again. It's only been a week, but I had to have Sophie Ross back on because she is one of my favorites, one of your favorites, and also the Army Hammer Vanity Fair article finally dropped. Uh, this is not the article that we were originally expecting from the LA Times, but it is a very in-depth article. And, you know, a lot of people listening, a lot of people read the article and was like, well, I know all that stuff already. Remember, that's not the point. The point is, it's great that this is getting attention and from a reputable, reputable magazine. So we will talk about that. Plus, we talk about so much. It is just, I think it's going to be the perfect way to start your Monday. It, it just covers everything. We get, go into J-Lo and A-Rod. We go to Tom Girardi. She explains Ariel Chernis to me. Uh, the the fashion Instagram person. We do Summer House, of course. It is just so much fun. I hope you guys have a blast listening to it. I got a lot of stuff to cover, though, before we, we get to that. So let's start with that, okay? This weekend, we had one of the most important award shows out there. And I think we're all, we all know uh, we're talking about the 2021 Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. Did you guys see this on Saturday? Whoo, it is fire, as the kids say. Keenan Thompson hosting. There was two musical numbers by the Beebs. We had appearances from Kim Kardashian, JoJo Siwa, Joshua Bassett. I have no effing clue who Joshua Bassett is, folks. I, I have no that's so exciting. I have no clue who he is. Glad he's doing good though. And the reunited cast of Hold Under Your Seats, Pull Over Your Cars, Get the Kids in the Room, Reunited Cast of iCarly. Nickelodeon's classic orange blimps were handed out to the stars from the worlds of music, television, movie, sports, and more. This was the 34th annual. This is this is the big stuff, you guys. Uh, we got a double dose of Justin Bieber. He um, he was first joined by Quavo, <laughs> part of Migos, the rap group. Um, he was introduced by his wife. That's right, Haley Bieber. <laughs> uh, and he had a bevy of masked backup dancers to perform his hit single, Intentions. Originally, Bieber and the rapper were supposed to deliver the song at the 2020 ceremony, but were pushed off a year due to the onset of coronavirus pandemic. It is so good that he waited a year to do a song from an album. That's Isn't it crazy that the yummy... Yummy, 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 yum. Then it worked. That was, guys, that was last February. It feels like five years ago. Like, think about that. Remember the video? He had pink hair, and then Scott Disick stole his look a couple weeks ago. That was just, I mean, and now, you guys, this Friday, March 19th, Justin Bieber delivers his next album, Justice. I'm going to buy it. Or I'm going to steal it. I don't I'm going to listen to it on Spotify because I'm the bad boy of podcasting. I don't buy physical copies anymore, yo. I'm a bad boy. Also, I want to point out that I'm extra bad boy right now. I am recording this from my bed with my heating pad on my lower back. Bad boy. Um, and I just want to let everybody know how bad I am. There's, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with heating pads, but uh, this has four levels on it. Warm, low, medium, high. Which one do you think I got it on? That's right. Medium. No, it's high. Bad boy. 
Um, okay, so Justin Bieber did all that stuff later in the show. Uh, this is all from an article from Billboard magazine, folks. Um, there was a medley of his latest tracks, Hold On and Anyone. That's very exciting. Uh, BTS wins big. BTS also was on another award show tonight. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, a smaller award show, the Grammys. Uh, other big winners during the night included Ariana Grande, who took home favorite female artist, Millie Bobby Brown, who was duly named favorite movie and TV actress. Oh my God. Nickelodeon gave Billy Bobby Brown best movie actress. What? What? <laughs> what is happening? Oh my God. Millie Bobby Brown. I have a theory. So Millie Bobby Brown is the little girl who I think her plays 11 in Stranger Things. I have a theory that Millie Bobby Brown is in her late 50s. Um, she supposedly she tells people she's like 16. Girl, I saw her in an interview with like Jimmy Fallon once. I was like, she's definitely in her late 50s. And she's always like, I'm just like, there's no child in there. It, it, it's it's too much. Like It's like, I feel like she's like, eligible for AARP at this time. And of course, you guys, the Nickelodeon uh, Kids' Choice Awards is known for its slime. When I was a kid, I used to want to be slimed so bad. And then I grew up and I was like, oh, that's just like hair gel or something just with green. I still want to be slimed. Um, This year was no exception. We got Charlie D'Amelio, the TikTok star, presenter Lin-Manuel Miranda, Liza Koshy, and Robert Downey Jr. all got slimed. Uh, Grammys top that fuckers. Um, <laughs> there was a special message from our vice president, Kamala Harris. Uh, wouldn't that be crazy if Joe Biden got slimed? Um, or, um, I don't know, Ivanka. So that was the kids choice awards. Of course, I think that is a very important, uh, award show, but I wanted to actually talk about the Grammys. I just watched all seven hours of it. Um, before I recorded this very, very late into the evening and I was so excited and I'm sure you guys freaked out as well when they, they gave out best song of the year. So I'm going to play this just to let you know, you guys already know already, but I was, I was screaming at the TV when I found out this song won. Waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. I just wish things would get better. I'm trying to get rid of them, but nothing seems to stay the same. Woke up in the morning, doing my hair, making, getting my clothes on. Walking into school, thinking of what is going to happen next. Gia Giudici swept the Grammys tonight, folks. I was, it's so deserving and so many years has gone by and she's finally getting her recognition as an artist. I even, when I saw Taylor Swift stand up for her, when Taylor Swift was nominated in the same category, I was like, that is a very, very classy move, Taylor. Thank you so much. Uh, No, Gia did not get nominated. Shut out again this year. Uh, But a couple things, thoughts on the show. I, you're going to hear in this interview, me and Sophie kind of talk about the Grammys. She was very excited to see WAP live. Um, which remember, do you guys remember back when I made my mom read the lyrics to WAP? <laughs> if, if anybody's new to the show, go back and listen to some of these old episodes. I did some crazy things that I'm really embarrassed about now. And my mom, my mom, my dad had to explain what WAP meant to my mom. <laughs> I'm going to go to hell. And, um, it was just anyways. So Sophie was, but we were kind of talking about the unimportance of award shows 
especially during this time. But I will say, I want to put a caveat. I, I kind of, um, I watched the Grammys and I thought they did such a good job and they really highlighted the music and the performers. And that was so exciting to watch. They nailed that part of it. And even they made it seem like they had people out there. They had like a, a select number of the nominees out in an open space area. And, you know, they were presented awards for each, you know, so each category got, and by the way, it's crazy how that was like five hours and they went through like seven awards. I was, but I mean, it was really cool to see all these bands play, uh, you know, I, I, and, and also, oh my God, the, the in memoriam segment. I had no, also, I, I had no clue Kenny Rogers died. You guys, Lionel Richie, um, gave, you know, did, uh, Kenny Rogers song. And I, and I found out he died one of the first weeks of COVID. And I was so far up my, like head up my ass with COVID. I had no clue. I, Kenny Rogers, that like that was like when I was a kid, he was like big or like I remember him being around all the time. So that shocked me. Uh, Brittany Howard uh, did. Uh, Chris Martin was on the piano and Brittany Howard was singing and really just beautiful. Brittany Howard. I don't know if you guys have gotten her solo album just blows me away. She is just her voice and her presence. Um, I, got, I, I got to see her live. Uh, about a year and a half ago at the Ace Hotel downtown with my buddy Tug. And it it just, there are those performers that you see live and you're like, holy shit, uh, that is so much more, that is just amazing. Um, but she's also the vocalist of the Alabama Shakes, that band, and they have really some amazing albums as well. But uh, I thought they just handled everything really well. And then I saw, I, guys, I don't know a lot about Korean dance pop, and I'm going to say, I'm really going to sound like a fogey here, old fogey, but the BTS, I, I, those kids, like, were, I don't know, they could be 50, who knows? And they look very, some of them look very feminine, but they each got, there's like, like a million of them and, but they're cool. They got all the dance choreography down. I got to say, I was like, I'm kind of digging BTS. And I know a lot of people are like, Ryan, where were you? I know they've been around a while, you guys, but my friend was telling me they're like responsible for like 5% of south korea's gdp like that's how much money they make over there but it was i mean they i just i love people that take it so seriously i almost want to know more about them how it gets to that point where you're even in this band and how their rehearsals like the art of that is so crazy if you've ever done any kind of live stage stuff the fact like that's to to be that precise the precision was amazing like remember how nsync and backstreet boys you know InSync was the one were the ones that could dance. And even then, like Fatone sometimes couldn't hit it, Kirkpatrick, but like and Backstreet Boys would always have the easier dances because they just weren't they weren't in sync. Like to me, and I know this is gonna be sacrilege for a lot of uh, a lot of ladies out there, um InSync was my my I was I bought no strings attached first day. Physical copy, folks. Phys before you could do the internet. Bought it the first day, but I was way more into Insync. Girl, I was way more into Insync than I was uh, Backstreet Boys. I just was. But Backstreet Boys also did not bring, like, as you get older, it's more impressive for them to do. Like, oh, they did a twirl. Let's clap. You know, like when people get older, you it's like new kids on the block. They're touring still. And it's like, oh, Donnie did a twirl. Two twirls at his age. Good for him. You get excited about simpler stuff. But uh, I remember Instinct just kind of stepping up the game, and it was just more, um, just more complex moves. Yeah, I said complex moves. Um, 
God, I still, the funniest song on Instinct's Ovoir uh, of work, their body of work, is Digital Get Down, which pretty much invented cybersex, if you think about it. I think I played that on a, I, I did a lyric breakdown of that on one of the earlier episodes. Still, I think about it all the time. Um, other thoughts. Taylor Swift finally won best uh, best album of the year. She won for folklore, folklore. And what I will, like, I really love Taylor Swift. You know, I'm not, I think, on the level of a lot of Swifties out there, but I really appreciate her and I appreciate her work ethic. Um, there was a documentary on Netflix, Netflix about her last, a year and a half ago called Miss Americana. If you haven't seen it, I thought it was worth a watch. She, it, and it follows her about the Grammy nominations on her last album. And she didn't get, uh, she didn't get Best Album of the Year. And instead of whining about it and complaining about it and bitching, she says, she goes, you know what? That just means I have to make a better album. And there was no, like, it was kind of removed from ego. You know, with a lot of pop stars, movies, musicians, celebrities, the ego plays a huge part and you, you can, you see it all the time. And with Taylor in that moment, it was just saying, I'm going to make a better album. And she did. I mean, also remember art is, is uh subjective. So any, it's nothing's better than anything else. It's really how the, how it moves you. But I was happy that she got her moment. And I thought that was such a powerful clip to think back of, uh, think back on. Uh, my girl, Phoebe Bridgers did not win best new artist. Megan, the stallion won. you know, you guys know how much I love Phoebe Bridgers, Megan, the stallion. Amazing though. And then Billy Eilish, uh, I believe got best, uh, song of the year, or best record of the year. And, Billie Eilish and Phineas, there's actually a photo of them, like them announcing they won and they're bombed, you know, and, and, and Billie Eilish goes on stage and she's like, I really wanted Megan to win. And she kind of apologizes for it, for winning. And the thing with that is I totally get where she's coming from. She forgot to thank her brother too, which if you watch the Billie Eilish documentary, her brother does a whole heap and hell of a lot on those albums. Like, like a lot, lot, like a lot to the point where there's going to be an issue one day with them. I'm calling it now and it's going to be really upsetting for Billy. I don't know. So I just realized this show in the span of five minutes has like gone every which direction. Okay. <laughs> I'm apologizing like Billy Eilish. No, I was saying when you win an award like that or, or anything that, you know, don't, Something important that I'm still trying to learn is don't apologize, you know, is that still people voted for her, you know, you know, you might disagree with it. You can always like Megan the Stallion. I'm so, you you know, this, this is partly yours, but always remember, don't ever apologize for success. You know, we, we, a lot, uh, you know, insecure people will do that meek people i've done that so much of my life and the older i get it's like you realize the when you get older any success you have there's no ego in it but damn it feels good and damn you're appreciative and you're really proud of it you know so i was bummed that she did apologize and megan the stallion god so talented uh, we did finally get to see that version of WAP, the live version, and they instead of wet and gushy like they do on the clean version of the radio, they did wet, wet, wet. Um, Cardi B, I will say Megan Thee Stallion is a better performer than Cardi B. Um, Me- Megan Thee Stallion just seems like she has more performance, and I was mentioning to my friend that um, 
Cardi B was supposed to do like a big tour and then she got pregnant and then COVID happened. And I really don't think Cardi has an, uh, as much performance, um, performance like at bats that, that Megan the stallion does. So, I mean, not that Cardi will definitely get there, but I just, even you could tell in the angles, they did more of a pulled back angle on Cardi. Like they didn't do any close-ups. They could do close-ups on Megan, but they didn't do close-ups on uh, Cardi. I noticed. I don't know if you guys noticed that as well. Um, uh, also, just another reaction: uh, Beyonce um, tied for most Grammys by a female or any artist, and then beat that later in the show. And I know they're wearing masks, but did you guys catch when they would flash to the audience and Jay Z, who's like has like Basquiat? Uh, Adam Durrett's hair right now with the, the dreads. Um, he didn't look happy. I don't know. Like he, there wasn't even like they would flash to him and he wasn't even shaking his head in acknowledgement. He just seemed extremely subdued. And maybe I'm reading into um, posture and body movement, but he, he seemed nonplussed. He didn't seem happy to be there. I don't know if I'm, do, did you guys notice that at all? Like it got ridiculous to the point when then Beyonce did thank my rock. He was just like, there was just nothing there. I thought it was just really something kind of bizarre that I, I picked up on. Um, yeah. Oh God, you guys, I told you this on last week's episode, but Adam Duritz did play a long December on Jimmy Kimmel and he did good. He did good. He didn't look as bad as I thought he would. I mean, so it all, you know what? I was worried for nothing. I was very happy it happened. Um, okay. Oh, and then the, the uh, Dua Lipa. Ah, oh, my Dua. Oh, my Dua. I love you so much, Dua. I hope you're listening. Please dump Anwar Hadid. I don't even want to be with you, Dua. I just don't want you with him, you know? Like, it's like, I'm... But she's just... She makes dancing look so effortless. She makes it just... It's just... It's like it's not even thought out. It's all just cool. It's not frantic or rushed. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just like fluid. And I just, ah, oh God, that album is just so good. And it just not does not get old for me. Uh, when they do a lot of these festivals, I hope, uh, you know, and I bet when Coachella comes back, she will be one of the headliners. I think she's ready for, for headlining. I, I just, I think she's so, so great. Um, oh, and also I talked about the In Memoriam uh, segment, but it did remind me that uh, a singer-songwriter from one of my favorite bands as a kid, Fountains of Wayne, Adam Schlesinger, I think he was like in his 50s, he died uh, from COVID, over COVID. And uh, I just, that one, that was a death that hit me pretty hard. Um, and I also did a tribute, I know, back when it happened. There's just so many great songs that I love of those. You guys should check out if you ever want to be a sad uh, and it's like snowing. Uh, play Valley Winter Song, but I was very, I was very bummed to be reminded of that. Um, but yeah, all in on, I, I thought all in all, I thought it was a really great show. I was actually happy that I watched it much better than the Golden Globes. It was just more well, and I'm so excited that we potentially will not have to do this next year. Next year, we'll see what happens, and it goes back to normal. You guys, did I tell you? Lala's in labor. Lala's in labor, baby. It seems like she's a couple weeks early. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm recording this very late at night. We still have no birth announcement. So I really do hope for Lala and Randall that everything is safe. Um, and I hope that I can announce on Tuesday's 
um, podcast that everything is good. I'm, uh, I talked to you last week that the baby, I think, what is it named ocean or ocean breeze or uh, something. So we will confirm that news on Tuesday. I hope, hope, hope everything is all right for her. Um, let's see what else do we go? Oh, I was writing down little thoughts. This is so insane. You know, I like to collect like weird things. Like I, I just, I love collecting things and things that make me, I saw Lionel Richie do that tribute to Kenny Rogers. And it reminded me of when I was a little, little kid, there was a song by Lionel Richie that my parents used to listen to. And it was like, hello, is it me you're looking for? I can't, it was just, it was like very emotional. And in the music video on MTV, the music video, I don't know why. Is it me you're looking for? It, the music video was about a blind girl. <laughs> a blind girl that was involved with Lionel Richie. <laughs> and she, she couldn't see him, so she would feel his face. And then at the end of the video, there's there's like a, a brown clay bust of Lionel Richie's face. <laughs> But it's, it kind of looks like Lionel Richie, but it also kind of looks like a huge, like a huge blob face. Like it's really scary. And I remember this really, I, I remember, I remember I was obsessed, I was, I was obsessed with the bust. I got to put a picture on Instagram. I was obsessed with the bust. And to this day, I'm like, I if I had any real money, I would buy that bust. I would, uh, I like, I would treat it like a Sotheby's auction, like the gentleman, one million, one million five. <laughs> it means so much to me. Could you imagine? You come to my place and there's a big Lionel Richie, Lionel Richie clay head. Uh, you guys would laugh even more. In fact, if you're at your desk, look up Lionel Richie bust from Hello Video. You will die. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that memory. Uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta tonight. Uh, Cynthia Bailey got married. 10, 10, 20, baby. Her wedding of her dreams. But everything was going wrong because it's a super spreader. The cool, the good news is, though, she had 250 people at her wedding in the after party. Only three people died of COVID from that wedding. So that is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations, Cynthia and Mike. I hope you guys are very happy together. What a beautiful... No, I don't think anybody died. I think we're good there. But um, it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed the Atlanta episode. Uh, it was interesting that everything was going wrong. And I think it like Cynthia was accepting of it. But like, you know... It's at COVID. You can't get upset about anything going wrong. You chose to have it during COVID, you know? Um, okay, let's get to what to watch for the week before we get right into our interview. Uh, I hope it's okay that I talk a little bit before the interview. I just like to catch up with you guys. I missed you over the weekend. Um, oh, this was exciting. I read an article today that VH1, VH1 is uh, reviving their show Behind the Music. Do you remember behind the music and they would like focus on bands and how they got their start and stuff? I loved that show. Um, it's a deep cut for you guys. You might not remember it, but I loved it. But Paramount Plus, which MTV and VH1 is a part of, they are reviving behind the music. And the first four episodes are already done. They should be out uh, uh, soon. It's uh, first four episodes are J-Lo, LL Cool J, 
Ricky Martin and Huey Lewis. Huey, Dewey, and Blue. Uh, I love Huey Lewis. Um, so that is coming back. Uh, the ex- exact start of the series is TBA, but the promo uh, was was uh, during the Grammy Awards. So they showed a promo during the Grammy Awards. I think that is very exciting. Uh, Paramount Plus, just to remind you guys, is used to be CBS All Access. I haven't got to play around a lot with it, though I love uh, you know, another recommendation, the real world homecoming. Uh, I talked about this multiple times, 29 years later. Uh, but I have loved the first two episodes. I get emotional multiple times, uh, and fight and, and, and knock on wood. I don't want to, uh, spoil it, but I have somebody from one of the real worlds potentially coming on the podcast. Somebody that I, uh, I, I'm, uh, I don't want to, I'm just beyond if this happens, I, for me personally, I don't know if you guys will feel the same way, but I, it just, you know, there's those shows, like there's shows and seasons of shows where it just, it like a certain time in your life where you can remember everything you can remember it all. And I think, um, this guest will be one of those. Let's look at watch what happens live has on this week. We um we always love to see that. Oh, and by the way, last week I told you remember on Thursday they were having Roger um uh Roger Daltrey is that from the Who, the Who the lead singer and uh, and uh, Naomi Judd no, not Naomi one of the Judds Winona Judd and. It turned out to be Winona Judd's mother and Lonnie Anderson. So I don't know what happened, who bailed out. I don't know if Roger Daltrey was like, who the fuck is what, what happens live, you know? Um, but this <laughs> good accent work once again. Um, this week we have uh, Monday, we have two people from Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which you guys, last week's Below Deck Sailing Yacht, pretty good. I'm digging it. I'm digging it more than I was it's two episodes in. I'm digging it more than I dug uh, this past season of Below Deck, two episodes in. Wednesday, we have Jennifer Aiden from Real Housewives of New Jersey and sportscaster commentator Aaron Andrews. And then Thursday, uh, we have Shep Rose and Hannah Burner. Uh, uh, they really push certain people. Like, Hannah's been on... Hannah was on, like... Wasn't she on the, fir- the season premiere of Summer House? Hannah's on a lot. They really... Really are pushing her. Tuesday, you guys, on Watch What Happens Live is very exciting for us Bravo lovers. We have the Bravo experts, and we have Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens, Ira Madison the Third from the podcast Keep It, and our own Sasha Morfa, who has been on this podcast many times. You know Sasha, the Bravo Breakdown. Uh, they're they're really pushing her as well, and I know region new re, new regency or regency new new embassy. Sorry, new embassy. Uh, which produces Watch What Happens Live, uh, just inked a deal with Sasha. So very exciting. I know they're getting her out there, and it's just really, really cool. I don't really know Ira that much. Uh, I know of him, of course, but so flippin' cool. I, I That's just so exciting. Someday, I t- I'm telling you, I will be there. I will be there. It might take years, but I will be there. So that's very exciting in terms of Watch What Happens. Um, another recommendation for you guys, I recommended this last week, but I was able to watch it. It's called Kid 90 on Hulu. Uh, Soleil Moon Fry, who used to play Punky Brewster on NBC, and they're reviving that show for Peacock, um, made a documentary. She she had taped all of her like teen years, and everybody is in this documentary. All of her friends, like DiCaprio, Kevin Connolly, 
uh, one of the guys from House of Pain, the rap group she dated, um, some of the skateboarders from the movie Kids, if you guys remember that. I think Larry Clark directed that. Um, a really, really groundbreaking film for its time in the 90s. Um, uh, Brian Austin Green is in it a lot. Baldazar Getty. Um, uh, Stephen Dorff. Uh, you know, Jonathan Brandis, they talk about who had took his own life. A lot of her friends had taken their own life and it was really this kind of beautiful, almost what I would say lyrical poem. Um, it was just a really cool, it's only an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, I thought it would do a really great blend of like what it's like to be a teen, but on top of that, what it's like to be a teen in the pop culture realm of Los Angeles, uh, as a kid in the nineties, I thought it was really something special. Um, I don't know if everybody will agree with me. I think it was kind of a little um, more artistic than than the things. It's not like flashy or glossy, um, but I just I really dug it. I thought that it might be worth a watch for you guys. Um, and then the other thing I thought was cool, um, of course, tomorrow night, Monday, we have Matt James. We finally, thank God, have the season finale of The Bachelor. Oh, thank God. Also, there is a reboot of America's Most Wanted and the Crime Junkies out there. It's hosted by Elizabeth Vargas, not Real Housewives of Orange County, Elizabeth Vargas, but the uh, talented one. Uh, there is a E! True Hollywood Story on Monday as well about Cardi B. So, you know, that's that's kind of cool. Um, Wednesday, this is very exciting. We have on Netflix Operation Varsity Blues, The College Admission Scandal. And this is, of course, what, uh, you know, Felicity Huffman, um, Lori Laughlin and her daughter, what they all went through. There's recreations of the actual interviews that uh, they built the case around. This seems like it could be either amazingly cool or really dorky, but I can't wait to find out. Um, Thursday, we have the return of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, their 20th and final season. Blah, 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 blah. And for all you comic book geeks out there, I, I don't know if I'm just like, there's 10 of us out there listening. We have the Zack Snyder cut of 2000, uh, 2017 superhero extravaganza Justice League with Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg. Um, I saw this movie. Uh, I'm a huge Batman fan. And, um, and I'll tell you this, though. Would I rather a bust of Batman or a bust of Lionel Richie? I'm going to go Lionel Richie every time. But I saw this Justice uh, League movie, and it was a mess. Supposedly, well, not supposedly, Zack Snyder had to leave uh, three-fourths of the way through production when his teenage daughter killed herself tragically. And Joss Whedon, uh, who's been in the news recently for a lot of unsavory, not good reasons, uh, took over. And kind of just made it like chopped it to hell. Anyways, Zack Snyder was able to do reshoots. They gave him $70 million and he made a four hour Justice League movie. So that's for like, that's a deep cut for geeks out there, but I'm very excited about it. As well as on Friday, re, uh, premieres The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Marvel's, uh, from the, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier played characters in Captain America. So everything Marvel touches right now turns to gold. I thought WandaVision was really 
really amazing. Uh, on Saturday, um, uh, Saturday Night Live is off this week, but we have V.C. Andrews. Remember V.C. Andrews, Flowers in the Attic? We have her Ruby about a Southern uh, southern Gothic, just a girl in a Southern Gothic world in the first installment in a four-film event, you guys. Ooh, four-film event. That's just amazing. Um, I'm probably forgetting tons of things to tell you to watch, and if I do, I'll just update that through the week. Okay, you guys, are you ready for the main event? Thank you for listening. It is Monday. I want you to have the best week. Do one thing today that scares the piss out of you. I'm going to clean my closet. That's what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Uh, do something. Let's make this a great week. I'm only. I'm telling you. I'm telling you this. So I'm telling myself as well. Uh, we can do it. I love you guys. Here we are. So, oh guys, Sophie Ross. Um, what can I tell you about her? She's been on multiple times. Uh, a fantastic writer. Fantastic at social media. Um, and I hate spoiler alert. She's not with Pilot Pete like we thought she might be last week. So hate to bring anybody down. But here we are. Here's Sophie Ross. I said certified free, seven days a week, wet and gushy, make that pullout game weak. Three, two, one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Monday. There is no better person to start the week off. That's This is what I call starting the week off right. Um, thankfully, uh, or not thankfully, but I guess... The reason we owe this is because there was a uh, story that broke about Army Hammer uh, late last week on Vanity Fair. The story that I mean, one of the stories that we've all been waiting for. So, you know, I have to talk to this specific person about it. Uh, I've gotten so much uh, mail, positive mail, not hate mail about my next guest. Uh, writer Sophie Ross joins us again after last Monday. She was there, too. So, Sophie, what is up? Hi. Yep. I'm back again. Back already. Um, rid of me. I, I, we were so, I, we were so rushed last week because of the damn Royals and we weren't rushed. We had a long conversation, but I, I, I need to start with a couple of things that I've met, missed and you're a professional journalist. You're a fancy writer, but you had mentioned throwing up in a cup last week. And I never got to ask how you threw, like what we knew the pilot Pete story, which I got a lot of feedback on. So I guess the other question is, are, is pilot Pete in the apartment right now? Are you any, any movement on the pilot Pete situation? Pete, come on in. He's ready. No, oh, he's there. You got, <laughs> no, I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention the best part of the story was that we took tequila shots with them and okay. I haven't, I literally like don't take shots anymore. I can't. I'm too old. As in, I turned 29 in literally two weeks. Jeez, um, my God. No, but I'm I'm like too old for shots. I really can't do it anymore. I like don't. My hangovers are terrible, as you know yeah. from last weekend. <laughs> I get the worst hangover, so I like really don't do that. But they were taking shots, and we took shots with them. Everything if, was if cool. pilot. If if a, if somebody from Bachelor Nation asked you to take a shot, you gotta take a shot. That's exactly, Bachelor Nation not law. Not I'm not going to not take a shot with Pilot Pete, Grocery Store Joe, and Clay. Obviously, I'm taking a tequila <laughs> shot, but that was after we drank all of that mimosa. So, obviously, I was, like, 
so, so like drunk at that point. I mean, I wasn't that drunk still at the bar. I was like, it, we got beers at the bar afterwards and it was a whole thing. And that's what led to me throwing up in the cup, basically. Did somebody give you a cup really quick or did no, you grab I was a sitting cup? At a table. I was sitting at a table with my friend. And I wasn't even blackout. Like, I remember this part. I was like, I, I was like, I'm going to be sick. And she was like, do you want to go to the bathroom? I was like, I'm not. And then I was like, Ugh. and she was like, oh no. Like my friend was just sitting at the table with me as I was throwing up in the cup, my water cup in front of me. So that's, yeah. We're back, baby. Nature is healing. Yes. yes. Um, yes. It is funny. You have, when you're young, you have those um, uh, fun hangovers when you're like, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, and when you're old, there's no fun hangovers anymore. It's just no. getting through. It just time heals all wounds. No, I literally, my hangovers are so terrible that I, for probably since I was like 24, like right after college, my hangovers just got so miserable where it takes kind of the fun out of drinking almost. That's why I'm impressed by like Vanderpump rules, how they're always like ripping shots. Impressed like, or like scared. Like Summerhouse is the same way. Like how does Kyle something? Well, Kyle's all ripped and Luke's all ripped. Like, how are you all ripped? And like, you're doing that much out doing that much. They you're drinking do, that much alcohol. You're doing that much alcohol. No, they do work out a lot. So like, I get it. They, I think they balance out it's, the lifestyle. It's all I, balance, yeah. And I know they got like IVs on some of the yes. episodes. And like, I've never done that. But like, I imagine I would, I've literally been like, mom, like I, I want to be euthanized. Like I want to be taken out of my misery. Like that's how miserable hangovers are when you get later in life. Yeah. I mean, but the, but see at the same time, it doesn't, it's like my dad still, like he gets a shot of Jameson. He's like, yeah, like he doesn't like, and he's 71 years old. He does not get it. Like, he's just like, I mean, he's not an alcoholic, but he enjoys a drink where then he's like, yeah, party time. And he always is like horrible the next day. And we all get like that yet. We keep doing it for, cause that, that 30 minute window where you feel on top of the world, it's just 30 yes, minutes. Exactly. And also I will say as you know, a daughter of to functioning alcoholics. They're functioning. <laughs> they, they, you know, they carry on with normal lives, love them to death, but they, they drink every day in a way that, you know, like the hangover never hits because they just start drinking again <laughs> every night. So like some people, it works for their lifestyles. And I think that's probably how some of these reality stars are too. You know? Yeah, my my uh, my mom. We all had COVID together over the holidays. My mom was the only. I mean, I was in misery. My mom was still having a glass of wine every night, yeah. and she'd be like, "Do you want a glass of wine?" I was like, "No, I don't want any alcohol." I'm like, I feel like I'm dying. Uh, any, anyways, this is not the professional news we need to talk. Even though everybody is relating to this conversation in some form, what we do need to talk about. I God, I don't. Let's just rip the bandaid off. Okay, Army Hammer. Uh, we are both army hammer aficionados and, and not in a way that I'm making it cute or funny because none of it really is cute or funny, but we have the vanity fair article that finally came out this week. And the title of this is the fall of army hammer, a family saga of sex, money, drugs, and betrayal by Julie Miller, March 11th, 2021 for vanity fair. Um, what were your overall, I guess, overall thoughts macro, and then we'll go micro. So overall, like I, it was extremely thorough, extremely well-written, like just, you know, a, a good quality piece of journalism. I will say that I wish that it wasn't so like the, you know, 
accusations weren't so tied into like his family trauma because I do it kind of makes you sympathize that he grew up in this fucked up family and it's like I don't want to sympathize with him like a lot of people grow up in fucked up families and they you know don't grow up to be abusers it almost romanticizes uh being fucked up in a family in in a way it, it definitely like you come out of it feeling like a little bit of sympathy for him, which I like for me, I'm like, I don't want that. I didn't love that part of it. Overall, I thought it was a great story. And it's a great like takedown because like I said, army is not going to work in Hollywood ever again. Like I keep saying that and people are like, well, you know, they can come back from this. Like the article wasn't that explosive. It's making people sympathetic towards him. I'm like, no, he's a pariah. Like the article explains why he might be a fucked up monster, but it's, it's clear that he is a fucked up monster either way. If that makes sense. It's like, you know what I mean? He's, he has these disgusting, like, you know, he's a disgusting person. It does tend to fall into that trap that we, how we view men in everyday society of, uh, you know, I can fix him. Oh, that's, you know, that's, oh, he's, he's fixable. Oh, I know what he needs. You know, in, 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 in you know, Chris D'Elia, in fact, we, we talked about him last week. I uh, listen, he, he's podcasting again. And he went on to complain about, I've been, I've just been taken out of movies, movies that I did for favors, movies, you know, people that I didn't want to do their movies. They're cutting me out of their movies. And it's like, wah, wah, wah. But army is in this sympathetic light of the family that he came from, the drug problems of his father, the religious uh, aspect of his mother. Um, I thought like you, and I was wondering from a journalistic standard, you're saying that it's good, good writing. It all kind of falls in line. Yeah, no, like it was overall, it's like a very thorough, like just outline that explains kind of probably why he is this way. And it's like, I don't need the backstory. I think what I, I think what I wanted along with other people was kind of just a takedown focusing just on the accusations because it's still just been so hard for the victims to kind of get this justice that they want to see. And, um, you know, I, I texted Paige like right when the story came out and she hadn't read it yet. And I haven't like spoken to her since she, I'm assuming she's read it by now. So I don't talking about uh, Paige Lawrence. Yeah, Paige Lorenz, who's who's Army's ex. And um, I know that she they interviewed her for the story. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I'm, yeah. yeah and I'm, her picture I'm and her picture was in it as well. Yeah. And I'm glad that they, you know, they they interviewed victims. It was like very thorough. You can't really complain there. I just wish that it was a little more separated from like the family stuff. I just want, you know, every and in people. I'm glad that the story came out. I'm glad that it happened because I saw, you know, comments on, you know, Twitter and comments on Instagram where people actually weren't aware of how serious this was. See, that's, that's the point, Sophie, was that I, a lot of people uh, DM'd me or talk like, oh, it didn't go far enough. And like, oh, it's all stuff we already knew. It's all stuff that we knew. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're maniacs in a way. And the thing that's really, I think the most positive thing I can say about this piece is that it's Vanity Fair. This is a huge publication. A lot of people didn't even, wasn't even aware of this story for this is like one of the first major publications that is putting like, you know, they made sure they did this in a legal way. Um, you know, so they didn't go too. I mean, they could have gone a lot farther in some of the things that's been accused. They did not, but they put enough information out there that I figure this is like another one of the dominoes. And this is a big one. You, you know, the audience that Vanity Fair has, has so much more audience than say a pop podcast or something like that. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like when we talk about this stuff or when, you know, Laney, Laney gossip or whatever, you know, blogger site that you're reading that has been talking about this stuff for months, people, you know, are going to be like, well, that's just a gossip blogger. Are you really going to believe that? And it's like, no, when some, some, a publication like Vanity Fair publishes it, that's when you can be like, okay, this has been fact-checked. This is legit. This is real because Vanity Fair is publishing this. So that's why, and like, you know, we were saying the fact that, you know, people are like, well, it's, it's not, you know, stuff that we didn't already know. It's all stuff that we knew. And it's like, well, we knew that stuff because we've been talking about it for months. Yeah. But the majority, <laughs> 99% of the public still, you know, isn't really privy to the details that we're privy to because we're maniacs. It, like is, it is funny. Like all of us, we're like, get on our level. And we just stay at this <laughs> level that the majority of people have no clue. Like, you know, my know. dad will listen to the podcast and be like, I, you sound happy. I have no clue what you're talking about. I have zero clue any of this. Yeah. And it's easy to forget that because we're all in like our bubble where like we follow each other and we follow all of these accounts that talk about this stuff all the time. So we just assume that everyone else is reading this stuff. But that's like if you've seen the social network, that's like an effective social media that we're in our bubble and we assume that everyone else shares the same views (laughs) as us. Yeah, it's um, like go out on go go on a walk, everybody. Which, by the way, yeah. this is so funny. Sophie texted me to let me show, know she was ready, and I was finishing up a hike, and uh, she, I have like my AirPods in, so it'll read text messages, and she wrote, "Ha ha ha, you're so sporty," and it literally, this is how it read it. The the the, the it goes, "Ha ha ha, you're so funny." The the Apple, the, whoever does the Apple robot talking goes, "Ha ha ha," and I stopped. I was like, "Whoa." What is she saying? And then it was just a ha ha ha. But it like, goes ha. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I think it's so funny when like people. You, I don't. I'm not like super high tech. Like I've <laughs> team headphones. I don't use AirPods. I have, I used knockoff AirPods and then I, they were broken and I lost them and I just gave up. I don't like that fancy shit. And people like speak into Siri and like use, I like, don't, do, I don't that. do that. I don't do that. And so everyone like has, my mom will like be like, I remember one funny one that she spoke into her phone. She was like, honey, I'm picking up Arby's for you. And I just pictured her like speaking that into her phone when I got the text. <laughs> So I'm just a traditional texter. So I will sorry. say though, Sophie, I'm not an elitist. Like I, I, I'm not rich. I'm not anything, but AirPods will change your life. I'm telling you, everybody that says, that says the same thing. Oh, air and oh, headphones. I'm old fashioned. And like the, this will change your life. I, I swear to God, it was one of the best creations that I've ever in the last like five years. It, it, but- it's just phenomenal. I don't think you understand how clumsy I am in New York City. I'm like one one wrong move and it's going to fall down the subway crack. Like, I just don't, I had ones that like, (laughs) I'm such a nerd. Like, I'm just not cool. Sorry. I'm not cool. You were like- Cats out of the bag, folks. We're breaking news here. She's not cool. Yeah, seriously. I'm not cool. I'm team headphones and I always will be until 2060. And also you were like on a hike with your AirPods and I just- (laughs) ordered mcdonald's yeah I just, yeah by the way the, by the way that i i on a hike and i'm like uh, 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 like i'm like not cool i'm like the farthest thing from cool hiking you were it's a really, high school athlete though you were a football player remember yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I was the football player. That, yeah, yeah. Full hearts. Can't lose. On my way to the theater department. I hate doing this. You were um, like crying every day. Yeah, exactly. No, I was the guy that was like, I don't get why we have to hit each other. Like the, the exercise is literally two people hitting each other. How is that using your brain at all? Like hit this guy as hard as you can. That's so weird. Like what, what about read as hard as you can? How about that folks? Um, okay. Back to the army thing. Okay. I was saying, I was saying I was kind of hung up on you saying the sympathetic light that it gave him. Cause even in the first couple of paragraphs, it said uh, it was talking about where he was in the Cayman islands when the, um, the quarantine started. And it says an army knew he had to get out of there. Like it almost said he had to escape the craziness of his dad and, and, and all of these things. And it's like, no, he's has his two kids there and his wife. He had responsibilities to a family, you know? Yeah. The way that it kind of treats him as this like product of his environment. And that's not, he's, he's a grown man with his own willpower. Like, I just don't, yeah, I don't like how it's kind of like taking away, like, and I think it's part of his PR tactic. He, he's been silent. So we're just kind of imagining this person in our head and he's allowing that to happen, you know? So I don't know. It's like, it's very complicated. And I know a lot of people are like, well, like that story was, it's honestly kind of anticlimactic. It's like, the, this isn't for our entertainment, you know, like this is like real trauma. This is like real shit, real life, like real victims. It's not for our entertainment. However, you know, the cards fall and however this stuff, and I know it, that seems ironic because we're talking about this on like a pop culture podcast. There is a public interest there, obviously, yeah. but the most important thing is for, you know, the victims to feel like they've gotten justice. So however that is, maybe, you know, some of the victims feel satisfied with him never getting hired again, which I think, you know, is probably going to be the case. Not that saying, you know, like not putting myself in the shoes of the victims at all, but I'm saying that whatever justice looks like to them is what we should hope for. And you know what? I don't know if it's going to be like legal charges. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, it's complicated. We're going to have to like, wait and see what happens. But yeah, I think the, I feel confident saying that his Hollywood career is over forever. So it doesn't get into any of the, you know, there's a light mention of, uh, cannibalism, but not in any kind of real way. It brings up the art, uh, the ancient art of what is it? Shibari, the tying up of, you know, the mannequins and, you know, his wife let him try it on him, but then, you know, was hesitant. Uh, he even shows pictures of uh, his relationship, him with Paige Lorenz and then him with, what is it? Courtney? Good no, I don't know I how to say her last, last name. name, but it's yeah. Yeah. The Paige Lorenz picture itself really is very interesting because it's army in the middle with a shit eating grin and then army's mom on the left and Paige on the right. They're standing up. He's sitting down and it's a very odd photo, especially in the same year that your son is getting a divorce. You know, a mother sitting there going like, hello, you know, this is my son with his new lady and he's got a creepy mustache and, you know, it's just weird. So that picture was taken when Paige actually met Army's family for the first time when they went home for Thanksgiving. So that in the relationship had been like, you know, she knew that shit was not normal, but she was hoping that this trip home would make her feel more normal, you know, feel like their relationship was more of a normal relationship. And um, that's when his mom like pulled her aside and said stuff about him, you know, having demons and like, 
that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, I'm sure that, you know, Drew, that's Army's mom. Drew Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that Drew, you know, just wants her, like, she just probably wanted her son to be normal and fix his shit and like get in. I know that, you know, she's texted Paige since all of this stuff is broken and, and Paige was like, this is so inappropriate for you. Yeah, because she said, of course you would go on. Was it Dr. Phil or something like that? Yeah, and kind it of was chastised Dr. her. It was Dr. Oz. And um, it was, so- yeah, it was something involving, um, yeah, where she ta- told the story about Drew, where she said when I was home for Thanksgiving, Drew, you know, pulled me aside and said, you're like, he has demons, blah, 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 like something along those lines. You can watch the interview. It was, it was Dr. Oz. and um. Drew texted Paige and was like, wow, some girls will do anything for attention. It was something like that. Like basically being like, I can't believe you would bring me into this, blah, blah, blah. I feel sorry for you that you feel the need to do this for attention. Something along those lines. And Paige was like, I feel sorry for you that you gave birth to him, which I was like, oh, Oh, damn. And she was just like, this is so inappropriate for you to ever be reaching out for me, re- reaching out yeah. to me in context. Like, this is so inappropriate. I I shouldn't be like, you know, it's it's in my Instagram. I think I I retweeted it or put it on my I'm I'm going to find it. Well, um, the, the article also talks a little bit about, uh, you know, a lot about his dad, Michael Hammer. So it starts off with Army and then it goes deep into his family history. His family history, of course, is fascinating. And this is what I think this is one of the ways uh, the writer got Vanity Fair to approve this is by tying it into his family. So it was a broader article with more implications than just Army, because I believe, you know, that's where the the lawsuits and stuff like that can get messy but his family does have a history and the, you know it was fascinating to me or not fascinating but interesting in the sense of even when uh michael's now remarried his dad but when michael met drew was that he got so wasted at an airport passed out missed his flight got on the first one ended up sitting next to uh army's mom drew they met for the first time she was ultra religious by the time they got up the plane they were like instant connection and that's how they ended up getting married yeah, like everything about his his patrilin- patrilineal side. Am I saying that word right? I it sounds amazing. Whatever you're saying, it like sounds. I hope it, I want it to be right. His father's side. Basically, every man on that side of the family has been, you know, like just a fucked up degenerate their entire lives. It sounds like, um, with a long history of you know, sexual deviancy, like murder. Um, one of them um, performed an illegal abortion on a woman that died, like his great grandpa or something like all of these just weird twisted stories where again, you're kind of like, okay, it explains how this person was probably predisposed to be a sociopath. It doesn't make it okay. But again, if you read about any serial killers, Wikipedia page, which I have done on, you know, countless occasions, there's always (laughs) some childhood I can't think of one serial killer off the top of my head that had like a normal childhood. There's always like some just like fucked up family trauma, which explains why serial killers, you know, end up like this. Yeah, I was trying, I'm trying I, for some reason I'm thinking like Dahmer stuck out as like somebody that supposedly had, but even the people, even the parents that said they have a normal childhood, they they're not usually end up I, normal. I, that's they want it to be. Point. Wait, but Dahmer, I wouldn't say that Dahmer had a normal childhood like completely normal did he i know that he murdered well animals. i know he animals yeah animals but maybe um 
he was deprived of attention as an infant. So even just on his Wikipedia page, you can get something that, you know, you can gather why they may be fucked up later in life. But again, that was something in the article that I don't think they mentioned was Army's animal abuse. Yeah, no, they, I don't, uh, they, they, I think they might have, uh, in terms of eating the heart or like, or had a screenshot oh, it was in the of, text messages. of the, you know, yeah. when he, when he took out a, he killed an yeah, animal, took out its beating heart. His friend took a bite out of it and got sick. He was able to take three bites out of it, which is very just, that's not, that wouldn't even be something to occur to me. Like, I mean, like to even like, I think I should do this. So definitely a different way of thinking. Um, not a different a different way of thinking. That's one way to put it. <laughs> uh, Casey Hammer has a quote in here. Casey, of course, is uh, is, is Army's aunt. Uh, she said, I started watching Succession on HBO and I had to turn it off because it was like, oh, my God, that's my family. If you have watched Succession, you know how they talk and treat each other and how money is a huge object. Uh, just little things about this article fascinated me to paint colors and not even in regards to army, but just with Michael, the dad, not paying like a simple for them, a million dollars for Armin's hammers name to go on like a Met, uh, to keep his good standing with the Met organization, I believe. And like just little yeah. things where I'm like, why did they not do, I mean, it, it just, the money of it all is interesting too. It's just weird because you do think of it as someone, you know, who is probably also a sociopath. Mm. And even like um, Tom, Erica Jane's husband, Tom Girardi. Yeah. Which I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. When you read that art, the LA times article about, you know, him taking money from literal like burn victims. Like you think about how these people just don't have consciences and that's how they become so wealthy because they, you know, literally don't have morals. So yeah, there's a bigger conversation there, but that's probably, that's like what I, what I got out of it. I was like, these are, he's a sociopath. His family has a long line of sociopaths. What also I, I, you know, I I don't know if we mentioned this or I talked about it sometime this week about, I'm starting to wonder if money actually even exists to these people or they just get money because they're so used to screwing people over. So it doesn't even like somebody's pain doesn't even factor into anything anymore. Like Tom Girardi gets so used to it. It's just numbers and dollars and figures and trying to pay Peter to steal from Paul to pay, you know, it's like money doesn't exist to these people. They're so used to living in this kind of existence. It's constantly trying to just make sure it all doesn't fall apart that they're so they're just used to a different uh, ethos where I'll lay in bed at night and think about something. I said to somebody that hurt somebody's feelings, it'll eat at me. These people don't do that. These people. And the article makes a point that army uh, potentially likes to live in chaos. Yeah, I mean, I think that part is is clear that right now his his chaos has gotten probably like beyond even what he could have imagined. Like his he's just like, you know, a disaster. He's a liability. He's like he's just a disaster of a human being, it sounds like. And there are a lot of reasons. I think it it his divorce clearly factored into this too. Um where I think he kind of just lost it. And that's when he went on a string of, you know, dating and abusing all of these women, you know? Um, so, yeah. And there was something else I wanted to say about, um, I can't remember. Well, I mean, 
you know, the, the, the real story that I'm sad that we're not getting because she seems to be handling it the right way is Elizabeth Chambers, Army's ex. Now, here's somebody that is really for the benefit of their children, or at least how I view it, taking care of their children, has made one Instagram statement, which we've talked about here before, and said, I will be not discussing this any further, but I believe all victims. But her side of the story would be fascinating to love somebody, to grow up with somebody, and to realize that they're potentially not only into cheating on you and breaking that vow, but into completely different things. Army is quoted in this from another interview. They have a string of quotes, guys, from other interviews that kind of paint the picture that he kind of, but it was saying like, I used to want to like, you know, choke or strangle my, my wife, but then I respect her so much that I don't want to do those things to her, you know, which is just a very revealing. That in and of itself is problematic because he's insinuating that like BDSM, and respect aren't you know compatible which is just not what bdsm is you're supposed to respect your sexual partners and he clearly you know has disdain and disrespect for women that he you know has been with and that quote is very illuminating like you said yeah um it it yeah that that uh all that stuff is wild um so the other, uh, trying to think other couple things that, uh, I found interesting, uh, when army was four, his great grandfather Armand estimated by Forbes to be worth around 180, 180 million died 180 million. I mean, that was huge for that amount of time, but still not a billion, billion, billionaire. When you think about the Armand hammer family fortune, uh, it is not as, I do not think it is well off as people would like to, to think. You know? Yeah, when you read, and I know I said this last week also on the podcast. And when you when you read that article, you're like, okay, it makes sense that his family is actually strapped for cash. Like they're not, you know. We all thought at the beginning when all of this stuff was coming out that his because that's kind of you know the the um, persona that he has put on in interviews and you know in all the GQ profiles, they're like. Army might come from an oil air family, but he wants you to know that he completely supports himself. And he's like, I'm proud of myself for that. Like they, they act like he is, you know, this, but the reality is his he did. He didn't. And he didn't, when I knew him, his, his family took care of his very, very, very nice apartment in the, um, the Hancock park area. That was really, and he used to lie about that. He said, he said his friends were letting him crash there and it was his place. Wait, you know what part of the article that I thought was interesting also was the the house fire in 2005. Like, what was that? They lost 15, they lost an entire state, $15 million worth of damages. Like, what happened there? Was Did uh, anyone investigate that fire? No, I mean, I don't think they did. I mean, they did. I mean, there's so many things. Like, there, when, there when Armand- There's so many things. They, it really, like you said, like, I would love to hear Elizabeth's side. And I'm glad that she's like, you know, letting the victims just have their- moment and she came out in support of them and beyond that i think that she's trying to you know protect her children which i respect but i would love for her to write like a tell-all book but imagine keeping your sanity you know imagine trying to keep like sanity is a fragile thing you know and if you if the floor drops out on you and you still have to take care of two kids i just can't imagine what that daily struggle is like and especially you really know she's potentially well adjusted when she's not trying to sell her story to us weekly and she's not trying to like you know you she doesn't have that people magazine of like my time with army you know like 
that there is something to be said for people that don't shove it in your faces because no offense to the people that do, but that is a form that we see in pop culture all the time of the tell all, you know, the, the coming forward with my side of the story and my strength, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have like the most utmost respect for Elizabeth. Like I follow her on Instagram and you can see that she is taking care of her kids, promoting small businesses. She's like, um, a pastry chef or a baker she had a, she has a bakery um and so she's like always like baking and like just like it seems like she's just she wants the best for her family and I respect that and also like I've said before on your podcast that she follows me on Instagram as well and I posted the vanity oh yes and I could see her view it and I was like oh wonder what she's thinking when she sees me see that kills oh uh, god I mean have you ever reached out to her no, I just don't. I, I'm like respecting her privacy. Like, I don't know what I would even like, I guess like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I, I don't know. She must yeah. be dealing with a lot. The other uh, part of this article I wanted to ask you about was that they say he has a pattern with new relationships or a lot of women, women come, came forward where, you know, they'd be like, I DM'd him. He DM'd me back immediately. And then he started a process of what they call uh, love bombing, which is, is a new term for me, but I think the kids on the street are talking about it all the time. Love bombing is, is it's a series where he just throws so much love at you and makes you feel like the most important person ever. Right. Is that what love bombing yeah, is? It's like a form of um, manipulation. It's like a lot of narcissists do it. So it, they make you feel like you're literally the most important person in the world. So the way that Paige described it was that he would love bomb her by being like, I have never felt this way about anyone. Like you are literally the most beautiful woman on this. I've never seen someone so beautiful. Like you're literally a work of art, like stuff like that. And when it's coming from him and it sounds so genuine, you believe it. And so you start to believe you're special. It's it's his way of getting you to do you want to make him happy because he, you know, he thinks that you're special. So it's yeah, it's a form of manipulation. Uh, in terms of journalism and, and what you've seen out there, does this now open the floodgates to more articles and, and information about Army or people like, oh, well, we had the Vanity Fair. We're good. No, I'm sure. I think there's there's definitely going to be more. There's going to be more skeletons. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, I don't know about charges being filed, but it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. And then, you know, that will cause more stories to break and more write-ups there. So like, I think it's only, this is only the beginning still. Like, I think there's more to come. And again, it's like, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm not sure exactly how this is all going to pan out. I just know there's going to be more. And I, again, I feel confident that Army's career is just over. Like he's a pariah at this point, no matter how you slice it. The fact is that he is a fucking weird ass weirdo who wants to eat people and like break people's fucking bones while he has sex with them. Like he's just a fucking weirdo. Like he's weird. What was the breaking bones? What was the break? What what are the breaking bones? I don't remember that part. That he, that he would sex in his sex. He was like, I want to break your bones while I'm trigger warning while I'm raping you. Like stuff like that. Like he's just fucking disgusting. Like he's just, you know, all of this stuff is just, it's not, you know, just one, one woman saying this or a couple women here and there, like accusing, like even Andrew Cuomo has his defenders. Sorry about that. 
Uh, Andrew Cuomo, I won't even get into Andrew Cuomo, but like people are defending Andrew Cuomo with this army hammer stuff. It's like, no, it's, it's fairly proven at this point that he is extremely depraved. Like he is depraved, no matter how you want to categorize it as abuse, which I categorize it as abuse. A lot of the stuff that he has done 1000%, but you can't deny that he is like sexually depraved, which I think is like, ew, like people are just like, ew, he's gross. Yeah, I just finished uh, listening to the audiobook of Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. And of course, it talks a lot about Weinstein, but it also talks, uh, there's a good section on uh, about Matt Lauer and how he, you know, it was like, it was the women he was working with, like the Sochi Olympics, you know, he invites one of his like staff back to his bedroom and immediately not only has sex, has anal sex with her, like immediately without any kind of lubrication or anything. And it's like, Jesus, Matt. And then Matt was like, you like this, right? And she was, you know, supposedly was crying into a pillow. But afterwards, she, you know, he was like, do you, do you like that? Right. And she didn't, she said, yes. You know, like she didn't know what to say. I mean, like it, but it's also just like, Hey, if you work with somebody, whether you, you know, Cuomo, a normal man on the street, that's like hands off. Like, you know, like you don't get to make other females you work with completely uncomfortable and not able to do their job. Exactly. And that's what's pissing me off, too, because people I'm seeing a lot of Andrew Cuomo defenders being like, well, like what he does in his personal life. And it's like it's not his personal life when he's doing it to women that he works with. Yeah, there was one accusation, I think, at a wedding where I was like, well, she said, like, I think uh it was like a very, and I was like, okay, well that's, that's, a, I don't know. Like, but when you add it with like 60 other women, it gets, but it's just the Andrew Cuomo thing. It's just heartbreaking because you're like, man, cannot, can there not be like one guy hero out here? Can there not be, is it, is it, you know, that's the only bummer is that you're like, man, just you, like you, you knew we thought you were one of the good guys for, you know, like the, the beliefs that we stand in and you compete, uh, you're just a complete mess like everybody else. And not in a cute way of like, you're in a way that like, I just don't like when people, they get off on putting other women or people in these really uncomfortable situations where they're scared and they're nervous. And like, it's just like the Louis CK thing. He got off on this the fear in their eyes when he asked them to watch him masturbate like that's fear you you're getting off on fear yeah and they're like totally aware of their positions of power and i think like the thing about andrew cuomo too is like no no politicians i just as i've gotten older and more like politically aware i'm like all politicians are out for themselves that's why when people are like acting like you know (laughs) like Joe and Kamala are going to like save the world. It's like at the end of the day, they're still politicians and a yeah. lot of them are narcissists. Like, yes, the reason are. they're that, that, I mean, and I, this is such a dark thought and I, I know this might sound silly, but I, I've sometimes thought like if I was, if I was really successful at a young age, would I have been really creepy towards women? Like, I'm not joking. Like, I, I wonder if sometimes if I had been, if I had been this kind of aggressive testosterone fueled man and I had all of these successes, would I have been creepy? You know, it's like, you like wonder he, what creates something like that. Andrew Cuomo thought he was hot shit and that everyone wanted him, which probably, you know, he was like, who wouldn't want me? See, like, so, yeah, it. he thinks it's a gift to them. He thinks yeah. there's men that think it's a gift that I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. And when you read the New York Times, I there's a New Yorker expose and or was no, not New Yorker, New York magazine and a New York Times expose about Andrew Cuomo. And um, 
the New York Times one, I, I just loved that one because it was just so damning. You can just see how much of a narcissist he is to the point where he will never put his constituents first. And it was obvious during COVID. It was never about putting, you know, the public health first. It was all about his image. And that's like a dangerous person to be in power. Like, that's why it's like when you're a politician, it's okay to be a narcissist when you're a celebrity. Like, I'm we, ex- we expect it. We expect it yeah, almost. We expect it when you're a celebrity and influencer or whatever. But when you're a politician, like that's when it gets dangerous. And a lot of them are narcissistic, but it's like when it gets dangerous and you're clearly putting your own, you know, image before like the public health of your constituents, like that's insane. That's like Andrew Cuomo has to go. Aside, everything else aside, say what you will about the sexual assault or sexual harassment allegations. Either way, he just has to go. He's too much well, of a narcissist talk about narcissism he won't go he refuses to he refuses to resign he refuses and that's narcissistic behavior and of um and it's you know it's like i gotta say even in the beginning of quarantine i looked forward to his daily addresses uh you know he it was there for the taking like we wanted somebody to kind of make us feel less scared at times and i remember buying into it at times did you see his blanket photo? Yes, him walking around with the you guys. They they the a paparazzi photo at his house uh, has him with like a shawl over his head, walking around on the phone. Hey, it's probably his comfort blankie. We all have a comfort blankie. It's like funny because someone tweeted they were like, if Andrew Cuomo, if this was like a year ago when Andrew Cuomo was still in the public's good graces, like his this blanket would have its own Twitter account by now. Oh, Cuomo sexuals <laughs> is a phrase that I still was just like, and oh. there were so many girls on Instagram, one in particular that used to thirst about like, like just loved Andrew Cuomo so much was like a happy Cuomo sexual and remember God remember that one where they had him in the tight shirt and they said he had nipple rings the nipples and it was band-aids over his nipples because they would protrude so much <laughs> that they had to put band-aids over his protrude. was that it I didn't know they actually yeah, got the answer that we oh. got the for, for band aids for his nipples because they protruded too much. Talk about a narcissist where he's like, "Yeah, let's get those, let's get these nips bandaided up." Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm no uh, Amelia Bedelia Hamlin. Let's get these. Uh, um, okay, so the army thing overall is, you know, uh, obviously still a story in progress. The only thing is, and I hate to even say this because I don't want to give, you do have to wonder. It does make you wonder when somebody is completely silent what they are going through. What is going on in that side of what's going on with army? Like he's obviously still in the Cayman islands. Um, but what's going on? We are just not hearing at all. And it's fascinating. Remember, you know, people are people. They're not used to having to uh, check in with publicists and PR. Um, I know his PR rep dropped him and I got it. I had on good authority that he was not answering anything from his publicist at the time. And that was part of the reason he was dropped. He was just refusing to answer. So I do wonder what his mental state is or if he is enjoying this. I, okay. So I'm not positive, but I am pretty, pretty sure that from what I've heard, he has been in psychological evaluation to be and able to see his kids a weeks, like six week long program, something like that. From what I have heard, um, again, like nothing has been confirmed by like his, that's people. huge information. That is, you, you, you think he's in a six week program potentially. 
That is what I have heard. And again, like it hasn't been confirmed by his people. So I don't want to like speak on someone else's mental health and their whatever, like on the record. But I will say that I think that that is the best move. And I'm pretty sure that that's what's happening. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like a psychological, cause at, at that point you're kind of admitting that you have a problem if you're letting yourself get evaluated. Um, I unless don't know it's, unless it's court ordered and he, yeah, he has to be evaluated to be with the right. kids. You're right. Um, he probably, he probably hates it then if it yeah. was ordered. like, I don't know the exact circumstances, but I do know that I, I don't think he's out and about partying. And if he has been, we would have. I think we would have heard sightings. We we would have heard about it somehow. There was a I, I thought I recall a Dumois uh, thing where they said oh, in in the what's that? Well, it was like weeks ago. Yeah, in the beginning. In, in the, the beginning, ago. said he was like out at a Cayman Islands event and he was drinking and laughing. That but that's Dumois, so you never know. And he was on a balcony on the phone and he was like, <laughs> "Damn it!" <laughs> so. so the last thing about this before we move on to the next topic is House of Effie. Vanity Fair managed to get her in the article without um, managed to get her in in a, I think, a correct way for how she is, and even pointed out uh, the troubles with House of Effie a little bit. At the same time, pointing out that she is a victim as well. I thought they handled that nicely. What did you think? It was a very quick piece of the article. Yes. Yes. I thought so too. Um, I thought it was interesting that they, um, did you, did you notice the part where they mentioned that, um, that Gloria, Gloria, uh, not Steinem, Gloria, Gloria already yeah. was, um, <clears throat> was representing, representing Effie, but it used it in the past tense. As in it, it's oh. that Gloria, and it's very carefully worded where it says who was representing House of Effie at the time of this article's publication, something the way that it was worded. Okay. But that's not how you would word it normally. So hmm. it just seems suspicious. Like it seems like it was that Gloria and, and Effie are no longer working together, which I wouldn't be surprised if either Gloria <laughs> dropped her or Effie, you know, was like, I know that Effie has. Effie has a lot of people blocked on Twitter. I'll just say that. But I know she's been tweeting about, you know, her lawyers being stupid. So I don't know what's going on. And, there. and for Gloria to, to dump you, that's big because Gloria takes on a lot of interesting clients. And usually, you know, I've watched the documentary on her and you just see her at a lot of events for women that, have, you know, varying degrees of need. Uh, and also Effie was, is obsessed with the, the part of the article about the sex chair, Michael Hammer, you guys, uh, was, uh, has a sex chair supposedly at a, um, the, uh, one of the facilities, one of the storage facilities for the art museum, but the sex chair was a throne with a hole cut out and the hole cut out would be for a woman's face and it attached to a cage and it was called a sex chair. That's in the article as well. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I don't think this was in the article. I think this came out after, um, representatives for Michael Hammer said, um, this is laughable. And those are jokes given to, those are, those are no, those are, uh, standard gifts given to somebody straight out of a divorce. They made it seem like this was gifted to him by a bunch of guys to be like, Hey, you got out of the divorce, buddy. Congratulations. Here's a sex chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like a totally normal thing to like put on like a registry or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't get the sex chair for the wedding registry that I, that's the only thing I wanted. You got all the China. I get, I didn't get a sex chair. Um, but okay. So 
this will this will get us moving into the next topic. Um, so the unfortunate thing about this, WME of course dropped uh, Army his his agency, and he bailed out of the uh, Jennifer Lopez movie, which is a very big shame because after this weekend, it could have been potential that Army could have been in a relationship with J Lo, because this weekend we've got a an announcement and a retraction. Saturday to Sunday. This is why pop culture is so amazing. Saturday, we get the announcement that A-Rod and J-Lo are done, you guys. They are done. And this was so... No, this happened Friday afternoon. Sorry, Friday afternoon. And this was so frustrating because you guys know if you... I've been off... I've been trying to be off Instagram because they've shadow banned me and I'm trying to reset things. So I've been trying not to post... And I even said, I'm going to be off for a while. I hope nothing happens with A-Rod and J-Lo. And then fucking they do it. It's like they laugh in my face. So I had to come back to do a stupid Ben Affleck meme. I I have a sickness. But so they get uh, supposedly separated. And then Saturday, we get a retraction of that where it says they are making things work. And on TMZ, A-Rod is saying, I am not single, which is the very, the saddest declaration you can ever make. Sophie, what do you think of all of this? I am so confused. Like I am, I'm confused. I mean, I wasn't surprised when the breakup announcement happened. I don't think anyone was surprised. I think the thing is that many people know that Andy has been, I don't know why I just called him Andy, (laughs) A-Rod. You're part of the problem. You're going to date him next. Oh my God. No, like, we know that he's been a, a serial cheater. Like everyone knows. He's a that known philanderer. That's he's, he's known for that. So the fact that people are like, oh my God, it's all Madison's fault. Madison, Madison broke them up. It's like, no, that was all A-Rod. It's she, all. Well, she's A-Rod. one of many IG models that were probably she's accumulated. She's yeah. one of many. Plus she, according to, you know, according to Canon, they actually never even met up. They just DM'd. And then he saw that she was like talking all over town about it and wanted nothing to do with her from, you know, from everything that I've seen. So like Madison is not the reason they broke up. A-Rod is just a serial cheater. And I think that J-Lo was always okay with it until it embarrassed her because Madison is, you know, on a reality show and is also this public figure who clearly can't keep her mouth shut. And it became this whole public thing. And that's embarrassing for J-Lo. So I think she would have been fine with it if it had never gotten out. That's just my opinion. Imagine A-Rod, though. He's like, you know, explain your hobbies. And he's like, well, uh, I like to, uh, there's this app, Instagram, I like to go on. And what will have, like, if there's a a girl that play, you know, there's a lot of like fit pics and bikinis. Like, I love it. Like, that's the kind of my hobbies. I'll DM them and see if they bite. Like that's his thing is going to Instagram as like some kind of weird. That's how he meets women. That's, that's wild. I know. And look, like I'm not attracted to A-Rod, but if, he Oh, d- thank God. Yeah, it's every DM me on Instagram and be like, Oh my God, this is A-Rod DMing me on Instagram. Like that makes me feel cool. Like, yeah, I'm going to DM him back and see what's up. Like, you know what I mean? Like come to New York King. Well, I wouldn't take it as far as Madison did knowing that, you know, A-Rod is an engaged man. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but I can see why it's so easy for celebrities. Like look at Crystalia, not saying that it's the same, but like in terms of celebrities sliding into girls DMs or vice versa, like it's cool when a celebrity is paying attention to you. Army Hammer too. Like these men know how to like, you know, use their, use their celebrity power to get women. Fuck. I mean, John Pringle DM'd me from Southern Charm. I was like, I mean, oh obvious, obvious, well, it's because I said he was ugly. I, I, I had a whole, if you, you really? go to my, well, if you go, <laughs> if you what? go to, go to my highlights and I, 
I just, this was like months ago and there's a whole thing. Cause I was just like, I'm, I'm done with people saying this guy's hot. And I did a whole string. He's not, of, he's not hot. Exactly. Go just, you go to the stories. It'll. And I said, this is what he looks like. What did he say? He, well, I, he said, um, ha ha, you got, well, he goes, I didn't, I don't, I don't follow him or anything, but he, he found it and he's like, okay, this is kind of funny. You got me in some of these. Yeah. He looks like Shane Dawson a little bit. He does. Like he's, he's, he's got abs. I know Shane Dawson doesn't have abs, but he does look like Shane Dawson a little bit. Botox Simon Cowell. He does. It's so true. But the thing is he took it in good humor and I was so bummed. Well, I was like, when I saw his name, pop up when I saw saw this, I said, he wishes. And I saw that was your caption too. Pacey. Yeah. He doesn't see the thing is John Pringle has abs. So people confuse that with good looking and he's on Southern charm and he's actually a really nice guy. He's taken all the jokes in stride and he wrote me, he goes, sorry, no, go ahead. No, he wrote me and he said, Hey, you got me on this. And I go, Oh, I'm so, I didn't know what to say. So I said, I'm so sorry. I go, I'm ugly too. And I, I didn't know what to say. And then I go, it, I go, at least I go, at least you're not, um, at least you don't have charges against you. Like some of the Southern charm cast. And, uh, cause I was trying to point out the positives. Okay. That was a good save. He would know he, he was extreme. Like he didn't follow me or anything, but he was extremely nice. He was extremely nice. I wonder who snitched and sent it to him. I think, I think multiple people did. But the thing about John Pringle, like you said, it's like so many people confuse having abs with being hot. And then when you, but personality and swagger for a guy is so important. Yeah. And so like when you see, like at first we were like, okay, not bad. Let's see if he had like swag or like a cool personality or like whatever. But like you said, he's like nice. But Sorry. even when he went to the bar, when he was drunk, when he was talking up the girls, he's like, you guys like Justin Bieber? Oh my you God. Guys, you guys like Bieber? No game, no swag. Like everything about him is just like swagless. Well, it's like, that's why he drinks because he feels like he has swag when he drinks. That's my theory. You know, any like sort of like, you know, attractive points that he had. Um, But yeah, so I mean, that, that was my whole thing with Pringle, but you know, the people that go into their DMS, like the A-Rod being that successful and depending on Instagram as a form of cheating on JLo is wild. Dumois, of course, which we don't know if we can ever believe there was a, a blind uh, saying that it is, they're still broken up. It's just that this leaked before they were ready. And JLo had posted a photo of her daughter crying. Um, and supposedly, you know, that the families really do love each other. This is, you know, a real big loss. They are putting out statements, though. This is not because of Madison. This is not be, you know, Madison did not do this. Do you think that Madison potentially enjoys being a part of this? Oh, for sure. She's for sure loving it. And you can see, like, from all of her, like, social media activity during this whole thing that she was, like, loving it when she was posting, you know, what were some of her captions? She was like unbothered. And it's like only a bothered person would post that. Like she, but she loves like the attention that she's getting from all this for sure. But I do think that that's, that's interesting. I hadn't seen that about JLo trying to just save face. Yeah. I saw, did you see the TikTok she posted with like all the headlines? No. Go watch it. One of her teams made her made a TikTok for. Oh, oh my God. It's all the headlines. Like just, oh my God, I can't even describe it. You just have to watch it. Cause I'm just confused. Like I, I don't know what's happening. Honestly. All I will say is that I do know that 
A-Rod has been a serial cheater and that Madison is not the reason that they broke up. And I, I like that, you know, that they're, that she's not wanting to blame Madison. Unlike, you know, Khloe Kardashian and Jordan Woods. Um, <laughs> always, oh. I mean, that's misogyny 101 that you want. By the way, what did you think of Khloe Kardashian's post in regards to, so you guys, the return of the Kardashians is this Thursday, final season on E. Uh, Khloe posted something a couple days ago uh, for Tristan Thompson's birthday saying, you know, you, 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 you fulfilled your promise. You stayed around. And that's why I love you to this day, which I just think like, girl, you do not get our sympathy or love or anything like that with this. Again, this is on you at this point, you get to keep this relationship. I don't want anything to do with it. She is embarrassing. She is really embarrassing. And I think it's, it's sad. Um, I think that she's just sad. Like I feel sad for her. I think her life is sad. I think she's deeply insecure. Um, which is probably why she she doesn't have enough self respect to leave this person. Like she's just insecure and it's sad, and that's why she photoshops and surgeries and you know her face never looks the same in two pictures, the same two photos. Oh it God. says uh, the 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 caption you guys says the ones that are meant to be are the ones who go through everything that is designed to tear them apart, and they come out even stronger than they were before. Thank you for showing me everything you said you would for the father. You are for the best friend I have in you. I'm thankful that I can do absolutely nothing with you. And it feels like everything. I hope you know today and every day, how much you are, how loved you are by me. And so many guys, she says the ones that are meant to be are the ones who go through everything that is designed to tear them apart. You think that was a design that Tristan was treating on you in multiple clubs on camera. That was by design to tear you up. That's something he chose to do. That's not a design. It's like delusional for sure. It's delusional. I actually hadn't looked at her and I saw that post, but I hadn't like looked at her Instagram in a while. And she is just so sad. Like I said, She's delusional. Like she's just not living in reality. And well, there's that rumor, you know, how like Chloe has a different father than the rest of them, you know, and that's why she looks so different. But the thing is, we're now at a point in plastic surgery that she is now, since they have all, it's like, they've all gotten plastic surgery enough. It's all whittled down now to the same. uh, I don't know if there's plastic surgery DNA, but they've all now got the same plastic surgery. So they are. So Chloe does look like she's part of that family now because they've all like done. Like I said, I think there's some kind of map. They're like, what they, they consult each other of like, what is the family going to do this year in terms of plastic surgery? And Chloe is now looking like the rest of them. Like there are shots of Kylie now where I'm like, is that Kim? Like I get so confused looking at them because they all now look so alike because they're doing the same plastic surgery. Yeah. They've all morphed into each other for sure. Even like I don't know. I was looking at old pictures of Chloe back when she was like fun. She was like the fun sister on the show, like back in the early days. Had a good sense of humor. Yeah. And now I'm like, she posted some photo on Instagram where she has the lipo belly button. Just so you know, that's a common thing. Wait, what is, what is lipo? What does that mean? Lipo belly button? You can just, it fucks up liposuction fucks up your belly button because I think they go through your belly button. I think that's what it is. So you can kind of tell when someone's had lipo because it messes up the shape of their belly button. Like it kind of misshapes it. And it's just very obvious that like, to me, when I see like a belly button like that, like I can tell, and I'm like, it's just sad. Like it's all, well, that's sad. why I'll never do it. I love, I have a great <laughs> belly button. 
Isn't that part of a Brazilian butt lift is getting the lipo from the stomach and then getting it put in your butt. And yeah. she's for sure had a BBL. So I assume, yes, she's had lipo no matter what, but like, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. It's if crazy. you in one of these mansions, they've got to like, if I was one of the Kardashians, like, do you think they have a room where it's like, there's a, a medical facility on site because the amount they seem like they're getting work. You don't want to be traveling for that. They're rich enough where they should be able to have like a medical quarters in their house. That's like, honestly, a good point. I doubt they like get like actual surgery in their home. Oh, it's all like, uh, oh yeah, but they but could like, do up. I'm sure they have like, you know, in their, they have glam rooms. They have like all the places where I'm sure they get their fillers and their Botox. They have doctors come to them. But like, you know, in terms of getting like cut open, like I think they probably go to like a real like place for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you don't care about Kardashians one way or the other, right? I you mean, like up. I- I don't, I don't watch the show anymore, but I like keep up with their drama and their bullshit. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of forced to, uh, and, and nothing taken away from them, but I was thinking this weekend, I tweeted this where I was like, it is crazy that we've now like, if have you, do you ever stop and think that we've seen more images of the Kardashians than we've seen of our own families? Like it's just, the, it's, oh, yeah. there's no way of getting around that. Like we've seen them more than we've seen anybody close in our life. Oh yeah, for sure. Like they're just so ubiquitous. And at this point I'm like, they're doing the whole dramatic goodbye thing with their like show, but they're not leaving. They're not leaving. They signed a Hulu deal. So I'm just like, save it, save the dramatics. (laughs) I will not say, I will not give one more tear to this family. Yeah. People are like getting, they're like, Oh my God, why did I get chills watching this trailer? It's like sign of the times, the Harry Styles song. (laughs) Yes. They're literally going to be back on Hulu later this year. Like, don't, don't get too emotional. Yeah. It's like, no, it's completely, it's like anything pop culture wise. It's like the Avengers movies. Like, oh no, Iron Man died. Don't worry. Iron Man will come back. They're going to find a way. It's like not, uh, it's not a big deal. Exactly. I don't get why people get sad about that kind of stuff. I'm like, they'll be back. They're never going to be gone forever. Now, I want to move on to something I call Sophie's Corner, where Sophie explains something to me that's in her world that I read on Twitter that I like last week we did Daniel Bernstein uh, and fast fashion and uh, the what is it? We wore what is her company? I have remembered that. And it was fascinating. I got a lot of people wrote in about that. So really was I'm now really hip to that now. But tell me who Ariel Charnas is. Charnas, Charnas, Charnas. So Ariel Charnas is actually, um, I don't know if you remember that giant Twitter thread that I wrote last year when she went to the Hamptons with coronavirus, um, literally infected. And, um, and I wrote a Twitter thread about it and it like blew up and became this whole thing. And she like got kind of canceled for a little bit, but again, not canceled because she came back and she's fine. But um, she, I was tweeting about her the other day because um, I guess Vanity Fair wrote an article that was like back in the great pandemic shaming, the influencer shaming of the pandemic when, you know, everyone was shaming all these influencers for traveling. And it was kind of like exonerating Ariel. And Ariel shared it and was like, thank you, Vanity Fair. <laughs> Like acting like she like still didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, no, the difference, no one's mad at you for traveling. Everyone has at some point during the pandemic had to go from point A to point B because they had to, because they literally had to like, no one is, I'm sorry, I'm not judging you for that. If you're being like Danielle Bernstein partying in the Hamptons every night, that's one thing, whatever. 
the fact was, if she had just gone to the Hamptons, fine. She had the virus. She was literally. And she knew she had the virus. She knew she had the virus. And it was eight days after diagnosis. It wasn't even 14. What did she say about what was her excuse? That was the whole, she was like, I'm, I was following my doctor's orders. And it's like, no, you weren't because no doctor is going to tell you to do that. She just wanted to go to the Hamptons. It was last March. I prescribed rest and one trip to the Hamptons. It was like, so the fact that, you know, people are comparing it because in the article they were like, well, you got flayed for something that, you know, everyone ended up doing. And it's like, no, no one else was traveling with the virus. Like she was literally carrying the virus with her family. Like that's, that's the difference. Wait, what is she doing again? She's just an influencer. She's, she's a fashion blogger. Like she, yeah, she's like an influencer. She's one of those OG influencers like Danielle Bernstein. She has her own brand, like how we were, what has a brand. Hers is called something Navy. And, um, yeah. And she's just lame. And like, she still thinks she hasn't done anything wrong. And I'm like, the difference is like, I'm not going to bitch out every single person who had to travel or do something during the pandemic, but I'm going to bitch out the people that knew they were fucking positive with the virus and traveled with their entire family and employee, her nanny in tow when she the virus that's different and she still thinks she didn't, didn't do anything wrong so did that she, was what i was ranting about did she reach out to you when you had uh posted all this stuff that kind of caught fire no oh my god never never people have asked me that before and asked if like her husband brandon who is a whole character on his own um if they had reached out to me and i was like no and if they did i think they knew that if they did reach out to me like i would put them you would use it yeah, yeah i would use good. it against them um <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people. This, of course, <laughs> this, of course, is the week of uh, the week of the quarantine anniversary one year. Um, two questions. One, if I had asked you early in the quarantine to do a uh, reimagined version of the song Imagine, would you have done it with me? Would you um, sing Imagine with me if I had asked early in the quarantine? Oh my God. I'm so sorry. My TV. I'm so sorry. What's wrong? Um, (laughs) Sorry. I was just going to make sure that the Grammys was on the, in the back. Oh yes. Grammys tonight. You folks honestly wasn't, but yes, I would record imagine just for you. Okay. I see. I thought you would say, no, I have enough. I have enough wits to know that that's not that that's in bad taste. No, But like, I'm not a celebrity. Like I'm not filming it from my backyard or my closet. It'd be from like you know, like how all the celebrities were filming it from their like estates. Yeah, I get it. I'm just on my fire escape in my shitty apartment that doesn't have a stove. Like, I don't think that's offensive. It says a lot that Gail Godot picked a song where it says, imagine there's no heaven in the lyrics, which is just when people are dying, you don't want to be like, imagine there's no heaven that your loved ones will go to. But also it's like, it was that kind of, if you guys don't know, I've talked about it on the show many times. Gail Godot had a lot of her celebrity friends record parts of Imagine and splice them together. It is rare when you see something that is done to make people feel good that it, like it ruined Kristen Wiig for me. I was like, oh, Kristen Wiig did this? Like, uh, she should know better than this. That's crazy. Like, it's all like her castmates from like Wonder Woman 1984, I guess, because they were probably filming at the time. But it was still so bizarre and tone deaf. And it was only seven days in to quarantine. Like, so she was like, the world needs this. We need this kind of pep talk. Oh yeah. It like completely backfired in every way. And it was so funny. And then after the fact, all of the celebrities that were in it were like, I only said yes, because like, I didn't think it was like, they were all trying to like, like talk their way out of being associated with it. And it was so funny. Um, speaking of uh, music, you say you're taping the Grammys. Are you, uh, 
you're, are you a big Grammys fan? Are you, you, no. you like it? You like them? I see, I hear shows, about these. No. Yeah. All award shows are rigged. None of them are legit. I, I, it's just all, it's just all rigged. Well, and there's nothing, I, I don't particularly love the, like the Golden Globes I watched. And I know, you know, of course, because of COVID, there are these, you know, online kind of awards feelings. I'd rather just not see this. It makes me sad. It makes me realize that these things aren't important. You know, I remember as a kid, like being like, even the People's Choice Awards, I was like, whoa, look how fancy because it was like live. It seemed like something. And then you realize that award shows are kind of bullshit. And especially during COVID, you're like, why are we still congratulating each other? You know, the, the fact that you get a make art is the prize itself. Yeah, it's stupid. I just don't think anyone like there just needs to be a whole rehaul of like the PR surrounding award shows because everyone knows at this point that it's completely just biased and completely rigged, completely corrupt. Um, that you know, they Britney Spears has only won one Grammy. That's that true. Yes, that in and of itself, I'm I'm pretty sure, right. Well, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I would think because also that's the thing that confuses me about the Grammys. They always give out like 70 awards before the actual, she only has one. one. She's been nominated a bunch of times, but she's only won one that, that to me, I'm like, I don't give a shit what you have to say because why does Britney Spears only have one Grammy and Justin Timberlake has like 70. That's, that really blows me away. But in terms of music, I wanted to, well, first off we, the weekend, uh, Abel Tesfai, uh, you know, he has a feud with the Grammys now because he was not nominated for one of the biggest albums of his career. And he took it really personally to the fact where he said he is boycotting the Grammys. He will never go to the Grammys again. He will never have his record label submit him for a Grammy because how it works is your record label has to submit you for, a, you know, um, for these categories to even be considered. And he is he is saying, no, no, thank you. What do you, I think that is like, who cares, bro? Like you don't, you don't need to make that announcement. Like things get missed all the time. You have a great album. It's sold a lot. People love you. You've got, and by the way, you would think he was upset because he's never won. He's won three Grammys before. I think he was making more of a statement though, that, you know, he's not gonna be part of this kind of machine. What, like what's conspiracy, like not conspiracy. It's like a, a whole like um cult, I, I'm not thinking of the right word but it's basically like this is the industry and a lot of it is corrupt and the weekend is like I don't need that like I have my fans that's all I need I don't have to be a part of this toxic like industry bullshit like corporate industry bullshit like I think he was making more of a statement that like I don't I don't need that. I have my fans. If he's like going to boycott it for life, we'll see if he actually does that. I don't know. But why do you know if you, so you think there's a difference between that and Kanye uh, throwing a fit? I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's him. I think it actually is objectively weird that he wasn't nominated. Like it's objectively like they, they must've missed something. Like it fell through the cracks. Like that he had some of the biggest songs like of the year. I just think it's crazy that like it, it just, he objectively was, um, you know, snubbed. And I think it's like one thing if you're throwing a fit and you're like, Oh my God, like that's, 
not fair, like blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he genuinely, it's, it's very weird. And I feel like it's something that almost warrants like an investigation. Like how did this get missed? Well, I mean, Grammys are weird. I mean, I remember the one year where Beck won for album of the year over Beyonce's lemonade. I mean, like there's things that I I'm like, you know, things that are shockingly surprising about the Grammys, you know, it's a lot of it is PR related and who, you know, and who your PR people like get really, you know, like lovey dovey with, and, you know, you heard about the Emily in Paris, how they flew out the golden globes people, which explains why they got so many golden globe noms. So it makes you wonder, it's like, what, which people are, you know, responsible for making these decisions and yeah. like what's going on behind the scenes because it doesn't seem objective at all. Um, so in terms of music, I wanted to bring up an article that I read this week in regards to another musician, uh, Demi Lovato. Um, this is from a, do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm about to talk about? I don't know if I know what you're about to talk about, but I'm glad we get to talk about Poot and I'm sorry. I'm just, um, I'm plugging in my computer. Please. Die. Yeah. By the way, it looks like uh, there's like a Blair Witch Project aspect of uh, Sophie right now. She's like running through her apartment. She's just, yeah, just if, if this feels like, like a like an avant-garde movie. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. The Los Angeles Times, it says Demi Lovato opens up about post-overdose life and quote, how queer I really am. And the article is very open and I think honest. Um and actually, this is, you know, the rele- revelations talked about in this article are from Glamour. The She's a cover girl for Glamour's March issue. So I don't subscribe to Glamour myself, but ladies look out for this article. Um, and she says, when I ignore and deny myself of my truth, I get angry and I overflow and I make choices that are really bad for me. If I look in the mirror and present the mirror with something I'm not, it will shatter. Um, very deep. Demi seems to be always on a kind of a deeper tip of uh she began she began meditating and has new management both of which helped find balance once she found that lovato said my whole life fell into place the way it was supposed to um it, it, it goes on to talk about her sobriety um you know it used to she was even open to having a drink or smoking some weed it was the harder stuff but the the things that i she kind of like comes out but doesn't come out in this article she also opened about her fluid sexuality which she declared in 2017 but she goes further she goes when i started getting older i started realizing how queer i really am this past year i was engaged to a man remember that guy we always made fun of and when it didn't work i was like this is a huge sign i thought i was going to spend my life with someone now that i wasn't going to i felt the sense of relief that i could live my truth Right now, she said, being with a man just isn't her thing. I hooked up with a girl and was like, I like this a lot more. It felt better. It felt right. Some of the guys I was hanging out with, when it would come time to be sexual or intimate, I would have this kind of visceral reaction like, I just don't want to put my mouth there. It wasn't even based on the person it was with. I just found myself really appreciating the friendships of those people more than the romance, and I didn't want the romance from anybody of the opposite sex. What are your reactions to those statements? I mean, yeah, it's I I feel like Demi has been kind of been hinting at the fact that she is, you know, sexually fluid or or bi or pansexual or however she's defining it. I'm not sure. But she's been um, hinting at that for a while. So I'm like not surprised. And she also has, you know, her fair share of it sounds like toxic ex-boyfriends. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, it sounds like she's just surrounded herself with a lot of toxic people over the years who have taken advantage of her and who have, you know, not had her best interests at heart. And I mean, I'm happy for Demi if she's getting her shit together. I'm still, you know, I'm not like a massive Demi stan or anything, which is why I hadn't read this article, but you know, I'm, I'm happy for Demi if she's, if she's happy. But I will say Demi, I've, I, you know, I, I'm not even a huge fan of Demi, even though I love that song Heart Attack. I think it's a jam. Um, but I will say it is funny that I continually, I feel, read these articles about Demi where she's opening up. Like it's like Demi opening up. And I read them every couple of years. And I send like feel I sometimes feel like you don't need to share this much with us. There's no part like take all the time for you. You need, you do not need to explain anything to anyone. And I feel like sometimes that potentially gets stars or even Demi in trouble because it even then boxes you up in your boxes, you in your openness, you know, is that like, then you're then considered like, Oh, this girl just is all over the place. You know, people start making snap judgments. Oh yeah, for sure. And I feel like, like you said, it's kind of something that happens every, I would go so far as say every few months. I always try. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like it's not even every few years. It's like there's some explosive like Demi Lovato talking about, you know, how she did cocaine at like 11 years old or something outrageous like that, where it's like, okay, we we know that there's a lot of shit that happens in her personal life. And I feel like that has overshadowed. I can't even name a recent Demi Lovato song like that's overshadowed. I think her professional life, which is kind of the the harm, the fear that a lot of celebrities have that prevents them from wanting to like open up, you know, in interviews. I feel like if you open up about your personal mess too much, which again, it's like great to be vulnerable. Like everyone should be vulnerable and everyone should like feel like they, you know, she's very lucky to have this platform where she can help people by talking about her issues. But again, it's, I feel like it does overshadow a lot of like her actual work. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, it's, it's like I, any artist can be how they want to be, but it's usually, I always grew up with that adage of like, let the work speak for itself. You know, is that you, you know, when, when you inject, when you tell everybody what everything means, all of the mystery of the art is gone and you make the art about you more than the art is everyone. You know, like the, the band REM, Michael Stipe used to say, and I love this was that in the early days, they didn't put any lyrics on their albums. They wouldn't put like lyric sheets in the the little foldouts because he wanted it. He wanted everybody to have their own interpretation. And it, cause usually when you find out the, like the meaning of what the songwriter actually means, you're like, ah, my meaning is so much better. Like my meaning is so much better for this song than your meaning. And like, you know, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's just like a personal preference. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And it's also like, it reminds me kind of of, I mean, it's different, but Bella Thorne is someone who's like just personal messiness has completely overshadowed any of her like yes. professional stuff. And she, that's why she's not like, no, who's hiring her to act in movies. And no. I hear she's, I, I don't, but I hear she's a decent actor and I would never, I wouldn't touch her with a 10 foot pole because it just seems so she's like, not, I watched her one series on ABC family, like famous fame or something. Yeah. I don't even know what she's known for. I just know she is always popping up. I know uh, Stern had her on once and I listened to that and she had a book or something and she has an only fans account, but she doesn't it's like there's, and she hangs out with the other influencer, blonde hair that married Jake Paul. Oh, Tana Monagal, Monagal or whatever. Yeah. It, I just don't, I'm just, that's, I've aged out her of anything. Career, her, yeah. She could have, you know, 
when you think about the fact that she and Zendaya, weren't they on the same show together? And look how completely different their careers have gotten. Yeah. Because Zendaya is very like, she keeps it professional. I feel like she doesn't open up a ton about her personal life. And like, that's your prerogative if you want to do that. But I feel like it sometimes does come at the expense of like you getting jobs. And I believe Bella was at the opening of like a Miami club or at a Miami club spinning like at a 7 PM like thing in Miami there. Cause she's in the daily mail all the time. And, uh, uh, what's going on is, is Justin singing Harry Styles is performing. Oh, do we need to pause for a second? We're almost done. No, I'll watch it later. I don't care that much. <laughs> By the way, you can't see it. She's salivating right now, folks. It's, she's literally salivating. watching. The only, the only performance that I can't miss is, um, is WAP. Because I know that Cardi. Oh, are they doing that live? I'm I'm pretty sure they were hinting about at it. Wait, what? So WAP really has a uh, huge meaning for you? You love it? No, I just love like I just want to see them performing because I love both of them. Oh, I and they're they're doing this live. They're not doing it over Zoom or anything. I would hate to see WAP over Zoom. I think it's live. I think it's supposed to be live. Like imagine them doing WAP live. Like it's just going to be epic. So that's yeah. the one I can't miss. Otherwise, I don't. I know. love that. That's the one. That, yeah. Noah's hosting like I don't why why is See, I don't get any Noah? of this what do you what do you joke like it's been quite a year hasn't it like I, I yeah, see, wait, wait did he just do his accent it's yeah. been quite a year hasn't yeah, it it's uh I I do miss I cannot wait when we go back when we can see news people like in studio news guests I'm so tired of seeing people's living rooms like yeah. I, you know, on TV. Um, okay. So I wanted to say it on the tip of music, Justin Bieber, new album, justice coming at you folks this week, March. Wait, I think it's March 19th. So I don't know when that, I think it's this week. So he did a cover story for billboard. And I found this passage interesting. Uh, it says these days Bieber stops working at 6 PM. So he can spend the evenings on the couch with his wife. Haley's love language is just lying around watching a movie same girl he goes to bed at a reasonable hour he rises by eight and checks in with his management to learn what has happened for justin bieber the pop star while justin bieber the husband was offline he uses an ipad for this communication because he does not possess a cell phone which isn't actually that normal but gives him the power to limit who can reach him quote i definitely learned how to have boundaries and i just don't feel like i owe anybody anything says bieber that has helped me be able to just say no and just be firm in it and know that my heart wants to help people but i can't do everything i want to sometimes but it's just not sustainable justice march 19th what do you think of what do you think of that any snap thoughts Wait, he doesn't have a cell phone. That doesn't. So he just you when he posts on Instagram, he's just on his iPad or his team posts for him. I don't understand that, but okay. I mean, yeah, sure. But also, an iPad's like a bigger iPhone, so it it could you know. I think it's it's like Haley's love language is watching a movie. It's like what what does she do otherwise? Like, does she what does she do? But also, I love the thought of he makes sure he's home from work at six. Like, I love the idea that he clocks in at the studio. I'm off I'm off to work, honey. It's like WandaVision for like Justin and Haley. Like, honey, what's for dinner? <laughs> smells good in here. Did you order Katsuya? Like, uh, it is so, it's so, I love the domesticated Justin Bieber. I love because he wants it so badly, yet he doesn't understand. Like, he's just a different cat, like a different breed. And I, I get that. I, I really, I'm not making fun of him, but it is interesting how he, 
is coming to face with that he can't do everything for everybody. He, I, I do say that is the one thing that would be weird that you really do have to limit access. Like we're, I know you probably get a lot of DMs. I probably get a lot of DMs. It is for me even hard to keep with that small of a thing. I can't imagine if millions of people want out you, that would really scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, it's overwhelming for sure. Like even I get super overwhelmed with my DMs to the point where I like just stop answering them for weeks. And it's so I, bad. I know. And I feel terrible. And I want people to know that I'm not ignoring them. I just literally just get so overwhelmed and don't have the time to answer all of them. And I can totally, you know, understand how anxiety, you know, causing that can be. Um, of course, uh, last two topics. You mentioned this earlier, Erica Girardi, Tom Girardi, uh, LA Times this week posted that it has been submitted uh, somebody for his uh, side of the case, uh, an expert supposedly, quote unquote, said that he has Alzheimer's. He's suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, what do you think of this news? I mean, it's very convenient. And I, you know, I don't doubt that he you know, is showing early signs. If it's the age, you know. Yeah, not even early signs. I don't know why I just said that, but like, you know, the the symptoms that you get when you start. Yeah. Old, he's old. So like, I'm I'm not saying that that's not true, but like, come on. This is like over the course of decades. He didn't have Alzheimer's for all of those decades that he was doing this shit, so. But it is a, you know, it's it's so sad that when you think like, I, I am kind of, not deranged, but I'm desensitized where I saw that. And if it is true, my heart goes out. I've, I've been, I know uh, the pain that Alzheimer's can cause, but it presents a couple of options. It also makes Erica Jane look like a complete shrew that she left him at his time of need, supposedly, even if all of this was going down, people commented till death do us part in sickness and in health. Obviously that doesn't mean, so Erica Jane doesn't abide by that. Uh, and then the secondly, um, if it's not true, it is really the perfect kind of potential excuse. And the court case said they are um, and the bar disbarred him this week. You guys, he no longer is able to practice law legally in the state of California. There was a front page L.A. Times headline about Girardi this past week, which was I think it was last Sunday, which was just jaw dropping. But more and more is that he. He romanced the bar. He took them on vacations. He took the people in charge. A lot of people were a part of him defrauding a lot of people. So uh, they are fighting this charge. Uh, they are going to have their own experts uh, determine if he is, if he does have Alzheimer's or not. So that's a story to keep your eye out on. Yeah. And um, I mean, if you haven't read the article, the LA Times article, like, please read it because you can see how serious this is. Like, he, you know, really fucked a lot of people over. And I don't think there's any way that Erica Jane, you know, didn't know what was happening in some capacity. The last thing I wanted to, to leave off on was summer house. I think it is really something, uh, the worth talking the most, it really is an amazing, uh, it's really hitting on all cylinders right now. It's what did you think of this week's episode? Oh yeah. It's definitely hitting its right. This episode was kind of boring compared to what? I mean, I, it wasn't boring. I still enjoyed it, but I will say that like Hannah and Paige laying in bed on their phones, like you're getting paid to party. Why aren't you party? If okay. I was party, I wouldn't be in bed on my phone. I'm sorry. And I get tired, but it, like, if it was my job to fucking party and start drama, 
Like, why why are they watching Love Island in bed? Which, by the way, and then you get all the memes of like, oh, that's what I do with my girlfriends. Great, but you're in a summer house. You're yeah. not at a Love Island house. Like, you're not on a TV house. You're on a summer house. And the fact that Paige texted the group of, can you turn down the music a little, which is fine. That's, an, I guess, an accept, it's an annoying text, but it's acceptable. But then she sends two more texts, you guys. She sends, we live in a house of 10 people trying to live their lives. Uh, it is... Uh, it is not uh, like something like it's not appropriate. And that's when it gets like, yo, that you have, it was still daylight when she sent this, it was like dusk. And I'm like, how dare you? It was like a Friday night at like 7 PM or something like that. And they were just like trying to like lay in bed at 7 PM, like, and watch a show. Like, no, this isn't the time for you to ask people to turn music down. We won't. We're usually used to probably Paige and Hannah, like, you're getting paid to be on this show. Like, act like it. Yeah, I mean, like that's a, like like I said, the party house. No, the summer house is a party house, and you need to treat it as such. We do actually get brought up in this episode. She conveniently all of a sudden brings up, "I met a guy two weeks before filming. This guy Des, a comedian. Oh yeah, boyfriend. Like that. That was already her boyfriend. I." I'm so sorry. Like I hate, I've really turned a corner on Hannah and I hate it. Like I, I really now am so she represents a type of person. I could be completely wrong, or at least on the show where she la- yells louder than everybody else. And that seemingly convinces people that she's King like, Oh shit. She must really know what she's doing. Cause she's yelling so loud and she's not the emperor has no yeah. clothes there. And she yells at people. And then when they yell back, She's like, yelling triggers me. And it's like, well, you yelled first. Like, that's why, and I think it's such a bad look that, you know, it's one thing to like, you know, look bad on a TV show, but then to not take accountability when everyone is telling you, you know, you're in the wrong here. You look really bad in this situation, in this episode. Cause you, you walk away from this episode being like, Hannah's totally in the wrong. Like she is completely in the wrong for how much she is freaked out at Kyle and Amanda and like, you know, just been a shitty roommate, not pulling her weight and then taking it out and antagonizing her roommates. She just like has been an awful person. It looks like, and she is still like defending her behavior and trying to make it like some feminist statement about how Kyle has. She said this on like a podcast or something. Someone posted on TikTok and I tweeted it. So she's still trying to make Kyle and Amanda look like the villains, which I think is just so strange because anyone watching it is like, no, you were in the wrong. Like this is your chance to take accountability and she's still not. So I, I want to know what they see when they watch themselves back. I mean, it, it, it really so does blow my so mind. I, I, what did you think of Amanda having to apologize to Hannah first? Like, I'm sorry. I threw the rose. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculous. No, no. Amanda did not have to apologize. And I'm mad that she felt that, you know, that was the only way that she could, you know, move forward with Hannah because Hannah is such a fucking like, she just won't apologize. She doesn't take accountability for anything she does. And I just think it's like really weird and it's not attractive. It's not cute. It's not feminist. It doesn't make you some like powerful woman. It just makes you an asshole. Now, in terms of Stravi, if a man made a PowerPoint to romance you, what would you think about that? Would you like that? Okay. Say, say pilot Pete sends you a, um, a PowerPoint this week. What are your thoughts? Oh my God, that in terms of like reality television gold, one of the most iconic Bravo moments, I think it's definitely up there, but no, that I wouldn't be, I, I, that's like an instant turnoff. But again, like that's something that Lindsay asked for. But Lindsay got, Lindsay has a boner for that. She liked, she liked it. 
liked it. So like, okay. But again, you, you know, like in the lens of what we know now that they're broken up, like, you know, it's, it's sad to watch for sure. But I, <laughs> it's funny because I actually was reading some Reddit conversation about it. I think about how Lindsay and Hannah are like different kinds of messy where Lindsay is really enjoyable to watch because she like owns her shit when she's wrong. And like, you know, she like, apologizes when she's wrong and she's vulnerable and you can kind of like understand where she's coming from but then hannah will freak out about something it's like why are you freaking out about this like i do not understand where you're coming from at all so it's that's why Lindsay is so entertaining and amazing this season i feel like Lindsay is really you know she's one of the og she is the og her and kyle and carl yeah. are like three ogs at this point but i feel like this season she's come into her own as like she is like a stalwart of this franchise like she is the backbone um, uh, yeah. So like some of the things on Stravi's list is Steven to do express more gratitude in the moment and via surprises carve out time before or after work outside of summer house to connect, <laughs> to agree to hit a reset button so we can move past resentment in the past and get it into the now future. Don't leave as it will trigger Lindsay. I always love the people that have abandonment issues. Like they almost dare you to abandon them. It seems like that is a real for people with abandonment issues, they want you to like, they try to make everything and you're like, leave then, leave then, leave then. And then they're like, how dare you leave? That's crazy. You know? I think that I hope that Lindsay like is in therapy right now. Um, keys to a healthy relationship, accountability, trust, respect, safety, honesty, negotiation and compromise, partnership and commitment, intimacy and open com uh, communication, uh, midnight finger banging, um, and equality and freedom. The finger banging wasn't in there, folks. I just remember oh they loved Oh my God, I thought, finger. I was like, did I miss the midnight finger? <laughs> <laughs> that's Lindsay would definitely want to hear. No one loves being finger banged more than Lindsay. No, ever. she really, she's like, she's made it cool again to like midnight finger bang, you know? I don't understand it, but sure. Geez, and I sir. can't, what I just, I, I said this to somebody because I recapped the full episode on my Patreon folks. And I was talking to my friend, Emily, and I said there, I just don't, I can't imagine wanting to be woken up like with somebody's hands in your privates, even if you know the person in bed, you know? Yeah. And she said that she was like, you can finger me in the middle of the night. If I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if he woke me up to finger me. <laughs> it's like, geez. Yeah, it's like, who wants that? Like, it's one like, of my if you want to for like little like actual sex, but like why just the fingering? Like, but why? also Stravi's thought process of like, okay, she's asleep. Yeah. Okay, let's let's uh, let me go in here, tickle, 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 and then like just firm pressure and like, what are you doing? What's the guy? <laughs> um, uh, uh, Danielle is growing on me. I really, oh. I, I I turned a corner on Danielle actually. Same, and I, I think like, her. like not everyone on a reality show needs to be that like. Kyle and Amanda are like every very much like, you know, center of attention. All eyes need to be on them. Like Danielle's not like that. And I think that's a good foil to like yes. your personalities. Um, Sierra talked a lot about her dad issues. Uh, they didn't talk for four years at the age of 14, her whole high school years, which says uh, speaks a lot to how she gets into relationships with men and she's in therapy for. But I got to tell you, after this week, I'm like, Sierra she does belong in the summer house. I was like, you're too good for the summer house. And now I'm like, nah, you got your own stuff. You're, you're good there. You know? Yeah. I wish that she would like be more committed to the drama. I feel like she's like, kind of like not dramatic. She's tiptoeing. He's still, yeah, she's still being. And I think that also she has chosen like Hannah as an ally. And I wish that oh, it, Oh, that's what we were, I was saying earlier is that it really bums me out that, that now that's one of her main relationships in the house. 
Yeah. So that, that part I'm like, Sierra, just choose the right allies and bring the drama. And that's all you need to do. And, and also clean your room. what'd you say? What? Clean, clean your room. Also, <laughs> uh, the mid-season trailer even has her screaming at new, uh, Luke saying, you're the most insecure person in this house. Oh, yeah. And Kyle's like, just say it. You, you like love it. women. Yeah, they play. And she and man is pulling his pants down like the copper tone ba- baby. And then yeah. Luke's like, come on, bring it. Let's go. And Carl gets into it. And everybody you see producers like holding people back. Like that's a fucking summer house, man. Yeah, this is what we signed up for. Who uh, was talking to you in that one trailer where they showed that fight? But Luke was like, I don't like you. Who was I he- don't like you. Um, I think it was uh, I think it was Carl, actually. Oh, OK. Yeah, that makes I think sense. him and Carl. And I think Carl goes for Sierra. And then Carl also kind of chastises him about sleeping with Lindsay. I do. I am sitting on one piece of Summer House information that I can't say, but I don't. Um, it's just such a good, yeah, I'll tell you, it's such a, I'll tell you after we, I don't want to edit. So it's, uh, it's such a good, they just, they're really knocking it out of the park. And the other, like, even when Stravi left you guys at the beginning of the episode, Kyle comes in, he's sobbing, he's sobbing. He's yeah. like, uh, he's like, it's just, it was very Sandoval esque of him, which I liked. It's very a mixture of like drunk and Adderall and man, like drunk Adderall men, man friendship, you know, of like, he's trying everything he could. He's trying, and he's like, he literally like hugs Amanda and like puts his head, like his head in her chest. Like, and she's like, why are you crying, baby? He's like, he's done everything he could. I don't think he's coming back. Like Lindsay didn't even cry over Stravi leaving. Lindsay did not cry. Like, why is he crying? And Amanda was like, they're there. Yeah. Amanda and Kyle are definitely like the MVPs of this season. Um, And then I guess the last thing is there's a hit song after this week from summer house. Uh, Luke with suit and tie. They have a shot of him in the bedroom. He goes, suit and tie, hair slick back. Like Luke was, when all this was going on was <laughs> after the Stravi thing, he didn't celebrate Lindsay's birthday with the shots. Like they all did. He went into his room, picked up his guitar and was like, suit and tie, hair slick back. Oh, I can't want to sing louder, but I, then it goes, suit yeah. and tie, hair slick back. Like that is good looking man art where they just like sing songs like that. And then like, it's, I mean, who's like, after that, we're like, I need to go get my guitar. I've got, I'm something's percolating in me that I need to get out. I feel like Luke is just like, yeah, he needs his alone time sometimes. And he has like his hockey sticks that he plays in his room too. And his bed is always made like Carl. Like, I feel like Luke, like getting a peek into like what he in like farting in his room. I'm just like, Luke's like, just like a cute, normal guy. Like a little, a little dimwitted, a little like everyone tries to like vilify him and act like he's like some like hand acting. He's some evil narcissist. And I'm like, no, you look at this guy. He's just like, you know, a a himbo. Um, so, uh, I I'm excited to see that. Um, okay. So finally, and this is just uh, for your edification. I know you left last week to watch the Royals interview, which I did. I loved it. It got 17.7 million viewers on just that airing alone. They re-aired it. I mean, even huger audience, I think, which was toppling like close to 70 million by the end of the week. Um, and just for reference, the golden globes got like 3.4 million. It's like the lowest golden globes of all time. It is insane. That hunger for that interview. Um, did you like it? 
Yeah, no, I mean, Oprah did an amazing job. It was like a masterclass in like interviewing, you know, just from like a journalism standpoint, like she just did an amazing job. Oprah did. I think that it definitely, you know, had more bombshells than I think people could even in anticipate in my opinion like it was just so crazy how much they you know talked about very sensitive things that the royal family is probably freaking out about for sure um and just so you know lala is in labor we uh lala kent is in labor with her baby's name supposedly ocean breeze or ocean or something like that so uh i mean that's what the the baby's rumored to be named um, and very cool, you guys. I always mention in a couple articles that guess Sheena's baby name, right? Because uh, they finally right. came out with that. Um, but okay, so Sophie, uh, last thing, what are you looking forward to this week? Anything in pop culture that you're looking forward to besides Ju Justice by Justin Bieber? Um, I have gotten to season five of Potomac. Oh! And, and right now they're in Portugal, so I'm almost done with season five. And I'm really excited to, like, tell everyone my thoughts on Twitter once I finish. Let's leave a cliffhanger. Are you, wait, can you even say if you're Team Monique or Team Candace? I'm, I'm still Team Monique. I'm sorry. I'm oh. still Team Monique. I just am. I think that I'm very good at judging characters. And I think that Monique, deep down, is a good, genuine person. But again, I still haven't finished season five. So don't, like, judge me for that if that changes. Um... Yeah, I I mean, I just haven't liked, I feel like the Robin, Giselle, Candace, and now Wendy crew, they're all just kind of mean. Giselle's, like, I, like, I really, I really lost my taste for Giselle this season. Yeah, she's just mean. Like, I feel like Karen, Ashley, and Monique are just like, even though they're potsters and they're dramatic and they have their flaws, I feel like deep down they're genuinely good people, which is why I'm like team them. And then also, uh, Ellen, I've been watching, um, the Woody Allen documentary, Allen oh, for The fourth part will be out tonight, so you can watch all four parts. It's it's fascinating that a documentary can keep making somebody look worse and worse each week. Um, I read something on uh, Deadline Hollywood saying, but we're missing Woody Allen's perspective. And it's like, fuck off. We, we've gotten yeah. Woody Allen's perspective for the last, you know, it's like such, he still is protected by a lot of these institutions that um but just watch the documentary make up your own mind it's just really yeah just watch it you can't even like just deny it when you watch it and you see how many home videos and all the children they spoke to and just all the anecdotes and it's but just it's what you were talking about earlier about um, the, the the Cuomo and the hubris. It's like Woody Allen still then wanting to fight to get the kids full custody after he did this. He was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to spend my money to destroy you now. And even in that one phone call where he was taping the phone call, even though she asked and he said he wasn't, he said, uh, you know, he said, I'm going to prove you're an unfit mother and, I, and I'm going to make it stick, which is just so like, dude. That's crazy. I know he's crazy. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. So everyone should watch that also. Uh, Sophie, you've done it again. You really are my favorite person to podcast with. So thank you so much for doing this so quickly after your last appearance. Um, I hope this has not ruined it for a future appearance. We have not ruined it yet for you, have we? No, okay, I always perfect. have the best time, even though um, I'm dying right now. Why are you dying? <laughs> Just because I'm like, when is oh. Meg going on? I'm waiting for Megan. Okay. Yeah. I love your commitment to WAP. Um, good luck. And by the way, good luck with the men. Uh, she, I was very frustrated. You told me this pilot Pete story and then you were like tweeting some thirst out for like a celebrity, no, a sports guy where you're like, come to New York King. 
Oh, oh my God. He, cause he's a, he's going to be a free agent in the NFL and I want him to sign on the Bengals so he can protect my man, Joe Burrow, who is the <laughs> real love of my life. <laughs> Joe Burrow. If Pilot Pete, she sees that he's going to be so jealous. Pilot Pete never DM'd me back. So it's his loss. I love it. He, gonna... uh... he has my number. He has my number. He just crashed and burned pilot Pete. Uh, but, uh, but by the way, you're sporty actually, who knew you knew? So, okay. Bye Sophie, go enjoy the Grammys and we will talk to you very soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Betches.